0: It's a dark night. dark night It's a dark night Hey yo, what's up everybody? Dan Tom here as I pop my little name tag uh, They're the Protect Your Neck podcast, host of this show Analysts who you've seen work at MMA Junkies as well as Action Network But on this year' program, the Protect Your Neck podcast we break down high level at MMA. Well, we're going to do it in whatever way we can because I can't remember my intros anymore, clearly. I've been hitting the head too many times. Uh, but whenever you're listening to this today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's for the fight, recording this Thursday night, West Coast Pacific time, Las Vegas time for, of course, UFC Vegas 79, UFC. Fight Night 228, make sure you get those numbers straight because Noche was 227. Of course, we have to have multiple numbers for these multiple events that do not stop. If that makes it any easier for you, UFC, Fight Night, Feziv versus Gamrod. Of course, we're going to be breaking that down top to bottom. Check the timestamps if you're listening in the future, future, future. By the way, hit the like button, not that I deserve it. And then, uh, you know, five-star ratings and reviews. If you can't give it a review, give me the five stars um, it's like all five-star reviews, and then you just have the couple haters. Nothing in the middle ground, which is good. That should that should be obvious. The rating is still high. The interaction still helps. So the haters are still helping, but you know, that doesn't mean we can't clean up the joint. You know, I mean, we're inviting people in, but let's clean it up. Let's let's help the program. It's free. It costs nothing. In fact don't even do it just for me if you're gonna do it do it for now i'm giving you homework like fuck you dan you're lucky we're here um just do it for any of your podcasts you like listening to it's just a really cool thing to do it helps them and it doesn't cost you nothing right um spreads the positivity so thank you guys for joining in of course i got my my guys chronic combat conversations love these guys over here uh let's see I can get the uh, comment up uh, but no time like Dan times. I don't know about that But I appreciate you guys uh, go check them out of course Uh TB scouting and guru not the MMA guru This is this is the good guru over there. My guy Greg uh, Speaking of good guys. We got mark fellows in the house greetings from the other side of the planet. Cheers DT What's up, buddy? I hope you're doing well uh, Maybe I'll be going to that side of the planet still 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 trying to figure things out here uh, as far as my end-of-the-year trips, you know, DT's going to need a break. James Kendrick in the house. Good evening, Dan. Have you ever heard of the show Chronic Combat Conversation? They're very cool pe- uh, people and make thoughtful analysis like yourself. Yeah, I just gave them a shout. They're, they're actually uh, uh, legit friends. Uh, some of the few in the gambling space of the the good dudes out there that I reference. those are, guys are definitely part of that group. Glad to see you guys giving shouts. Always glad to see not-so-coincidentally that we kind of like promote and say you know the same positive people, so that's always really, really cool. You know, um, and you know when I bring in guests as well, like my guy Clint, you know uh, who's got a who's got a nice big channel. Shout out to my guy Diehard MMA. He was pleasantly surprised that you know it may not be the biggest channel over here, clearly, but uh, he was like, you know, you had a really positive people in your chat, and that was really cool. So I want to thank you guys. I want to thank. Uh, especially the jimmy kudos of the world who it would not be possible Uh, enforcer number one message to the chat number one be nice number two be respectful and most importantly number three don't be a dickhead we have enough negativity in the world we don't need it here well said and enforcer number two right below him of course you guys are so consistent i don't deserve this ghost phantom in the house not just an enforcer an analyst a good dude a martial artist all the above hi dan let's have a great show let's have a great show indeed da 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 Pepe Silva good card this weekend also Bellator LFA yeah a lot a lot of stuff I actually got uh, some Bellator analysis some Bellator plays so although I am late I'm not coming empty handed um again despite the results which I thought oh my goodness and we will definitely come correct as I did on Twitter I had to, I had to correct it and I'll give you guys that quick lowdown as we do usual we do our usual recap some people call it crying but you know we just got to get through it um, uh, win or lose uh, and you guys know i always account on the losing week somehow uh, i'm definitely here despite me being um you know uh, dealing with my inconsistencies this season so apologies there guys but there but but i got a lot for you and again despite all that despite you know uh you know you know my complaining ass or however you want to put it uh again i' I'm, I'm you know it's clearly not working for me still but that, that doesn't matter i'm still gonna be i'm, I'm still gonna be keeping the positive uh, vibes i'm not even just like phoning it in right now. Cause uh, And, you know, I don't really say that, but this is just one of those weeks where I see the board. And that's that's part of the reason why I was late, too, because I just, you know, uh, I'm getting ADD in the positive way for once. I've been been struggling with uh, with those things and not just saying it casually out there. I hate when people say, oh, I'm very OCD about this. I'm very ADD. Like, us motherfuckers who struggle with it, it's not fun. It's real. Um, so, like, you know, I'm not trying to be fucking word police. You say whatever the hell you want. That's not what I'm saying here. But I am saying I hate when it's used casually for what it's worth because I actually do a formal diagnosis. And uh, so I'm, I'm speaking to you literally. I'm not trying to use it casually in case you deal with those things, too. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to y'all listening or watching. But, yeah, um, it, it was the positive ADD where I'm just like, you know, oh, I see this line. I'm like, this looks good. Like, what, what, what's going on here? So uh, we'll see. And I felt like in my defense, I know Leo Nils is like, I, I felt like, I don't know. I, I'm still surprised like last week somehow ended up, you know, two one push, two bets. And one of those bets being a push swung me from like a $300 win to a 65 dollar loss i think i posted minus 165 but i was in such a hurry to correct that my correction math was fucked up because once you just start slipping downhill i'm sure we've all done this at work at school right where it's like once you get one thing where you just start like fumbling the ball right like especially at work like on a shift uh, or something like that and as my penance uh because if i don't deserve enough and i don't suck enough i was like you know what even though I technically didn't lose that unit, and, you know, if someone wants to go look, they can look for themselves. uh, Or at 165, it was actually less. I'm like, you know what? I will just, I'll just wear the bigger loss. Because again, most people are like stressing, scheming, uh record fixing just to pretend no you know me man i'm 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 showing my ass even when it's uh getting hit gonna finish up some shouts in the chat and we'll get on with this card synchro wing in the house hi dan i don't know how long i could stay but can't wait to hear your analysis thank you synchro wing i'm trying to get these not too much later than seven seven fifteen but i wanted to go seven fifteen and i'm like you know the synchro wings of the world the other people who, who don't like the later show or maybe can't stay I Try to find that balance but I, but you know my, my, my clock was clearly set for 7.15, so we'll get to it. Apologies. Rio Susan Truesdale. Greetings, Daniel, the man. Thank you very much. Nika, we will bounce back this week. Another positive voice in the house. Thank you, Nika. Been sh- seeing you show up more, and hopefully you keep showing up more, because again, uh, we're on the same queue as that, that positivity vibe that we really all should have here, and you chat do it a lot better than me, so appreciate you. Oh, no. ADHD. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jimmy Kuda, hopefully your show is early enough to see the usuals. Me, too. Uh, protect your record podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what record there is to protect, uh, Pepe Silva. As you have noticed, uh, I've barely been in the black at all this year. It's mainly been, uh, ju- or just red, uh, you know, for the, you know, it was ba- back and forth to start of the year and we've been red, red, red. I, get, I came really close to getting back in the black, uh, you know, kept my head down, wasn't saying anything. And then we, uh, we're back to like, you know, what is it like minus like 24, uh, minus 24 units or so, so yeah, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll see, and again, uh, I'll, I'll save any spiels or excuses, although we did, thanks, shouts to my gal- guest last week who you loved, Fenyo, uh, from the fight Side. go support him, The uh, thefight-site.com, and of course, at Fe- uh, Fenyo, F-E-N-O-X, Sky. Uh, as that's spelled, uh, and he he provided excellent analysis, and we did talk about, you know, actual, like, not just making excuses, because he, he doesn't, Feño's just an analysis, he doesn't do the bets or picks or anything, but we were talking about why picks to bets or whatever, maybe for whether it's OG analysts, OG bettors, you know, OG fans, if you, like, just track your picks or whatever, maybe why y- y'all are also not maybe doing as good, and again, not trying to uh, shovel the blame, you know, again, if anything, you guys have my permission to point at me if anybody's giving you shit, because you know, uh, very few if not, you know, uh, I don't want to see nobody but very few people are probably doing worse than me So I'm not getting that twisted at all But I'm just saying in general there are some trends to that which we talked about on the last show Not gonna bore you here because I want to get to business and then we can get to the breakdowns How does that sound? Um, I wasn't able to uh, pull up uh, Or to do the calculations, but I do have the I do have the, uh, do have the <clears throat> um you Noche your results pulled up. Uh, of course, it was headlined by Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko. Um, let's do a quick result. That was a push. Uh, Dela Uh One we one one zero oh and one, two zero oh and one, three zero oh and one. Uh, even though Kyle Nelson was a dogger pass that actually hit for a round robin, the official pick was Padilla. So that's three one and one on the main card. Uh, four one and one, five one and one push there with a lacerda uh so 5 1 and 2 i guess right uh right 6 1 and 2 uh 6 2 and 2 it's a good reluctant dog shot on reyes and of course this so 7 2 and 2 and of course the two pushes we had money on of course the round robin doesn't hit as per normal Slash, we hit one leg, which hasn't been normal lately. I haven't been hitting any, and there's been no 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 crybabying on that. There's been bad picks by me that I've owned every week, and then I'll continue to do that. But yeah, this was more the classic, I guess, From aside from the last couple weeks where we only hit the one, which was Nelson. Uh, again, my round robins got messed up. There were multiple versions of it, but as you guys know, MGM was being hacked, so like my account, I couldn't even... It wasn't even like, oh, they're messing with me and limiting me or whatever, which does happen, and I'm not special in that regard. That's not why I'm saying it. It's just a fact. But no, this was an overall thing. So, um, and that is the house that I round robin in. Um, I'm hopefully shout out to my guy Martin P. Recommended me for William Hill app. I got to go into a William Hill uh, book though here in Vegas. I'm gonna try to do that tomorrow uh, because apparently they'll do you, let you do same game parlays. Uh, let me parlay the big numbers and not limit me. We'll see um, on the props and the rounds. So that's definitely what I'm gonna try first. If not, I will go to. Uh, <clears throat> and do my usual from uh, BetMGM, which looks like they are back up. We'll see. Uh, and I will give you—I have a good idea what I'm targeting for my round robins as well, with my back to my seeing the board thing. So I'm going to give you guys um, again, kind of a vast variety of options, like I usually do. Anyways, I'll let you know where my head's at if I don't have it finalized. But um, especially with the, with that jumping and that really, you know, I don't want to cry wolf or whatever. That really did mess me up, especially because my original one I wanted to do was Gaudinez round two hit. Kapilov uh, round two hit, uh, Madelina round two which wouldn't hit, and Grasso decision which we will um, we will talk about. Of course, we ended up uh, just a point, just just over a half unit short, so not a big loss, especially for. You know, the reverse sweep king over here. I guess I'll take it in that regard. Uh, but, of course, I ended up with just Reyes. Uh, again, a lot of times if there's a dogger pass, but I don't have the balls to plan, they may end up in the round robin. We'll talk about that with perhaps a main card opener coming up for UFC Vegas 79. Lacerda was a push. Uh, Nelson ended up in there because that was dogger pass shouts to, to, to my guy, Brad Tash there with the Nelson by decision, very sharp play in the MMA analysis podcast shouts to them. Um, and then Grasso, I couldn't get it by decision. I had it by money line, which would have made all the difference in the world, right? Because we had her as the money line as well. We had it in the round Robin. Um, and we had her, we added, uh, her with copy law round two, which cashed because again, since I couldn't put copy law round two, I at least added it straight on my official record. I took it at the book. And even though Godina since I was already exposed inside the distance in the book I was playing at for untracked which by the way, I think I dumped $745 coming back with just north of the 1,000 so a winning night there winning night with hard cash in my pocket But that's untracked. It doesn't matter folks. That's why uh, I'm only saying that now and that's not a big It's I'm, I'm not celebrating. It doesn't matter. It's, it's what's tracks matter and what's tracked. I'm down um, You know, uh, uh, you know, I'm down what like my bankroll is and in, in, in actually real life, which is kind of fucking ironic um so uh but yeah at at that book they didn't have inside the distance so i just did fifty dollars on godina's round two and round three so that was that was really nice but again the officials were it counts we had jdm inside the distance and uh, holland under jdm under that was that was a big miss that was a big miss but again we still should have i feel like i I was willing to miss that and still like we we feel like uh pre and post could have you know could have should have would have got the win but that's just how it is i kind of knew this one was going to be dead though because i was like well the only way it'll go messed up here is if uh i go uh is if the fight goes to the decision i'm like that's that's right nice that's why i joked on the podcast i was like bet holland by decision it was a split um i think they got it right and even though my bets didn't you know for what it's worth you know the, the analysis was correct if you look at it uh madalena the is underrated uh closing distance late kicks and coming to life with the punches uh, particularly on the cage positioning, which was the major analysis point. Cage positioning, left hands, those things were all there. And uh, I particularly liked in the round one where, um, and something I like to do too, because it does get in people's head. If you can really, especially if someone either likes to jab or you can get them jabbing because you just like the inside parry uh, counter, a la Steve Bimiotic, that inside hand, parry cross counter. Madalena um, hit uh, Holland with one of those that got in his head. And you could tell because Holland does that thing where if you've been watching him long enough, he gives himself a. It's like reverse psychology. Where he's like, "Oh, that was good there, but it was because it really was good, and it really did kind of like get in his head there." Um, so I got no issue with that. But uh, again, I'm not trying to like spoil it. Like if it would have gone Holland, whatever. Like I, I would be congr- congratulating um, Holland betters as I gave them props because I said that was where the value was. I didn't blame their bets, and I still give them sympathies coming out of it. We're all losers, anyways. No, no matter what the pick of the analysis is, unless you had, of course, JDM chalk. Or by decision, right? Um, there. So that was that one. Uh, and then, yeah, we, had, we, we we cashed the over, which is, again, despite these losing nights, we're still cashing the biggest bets of the night, which is crazy, too. But usually the biggest bets are chalk to kind of balance out my typical dog shots and big number sprinkles as I tend to play, which you could argue that you know, I'm getting too cute or that's why you're losing. But it's just like with the upsets and unpredictability in MMA again it's it's everyone can pretend like they have the answers when they're winning what you're doing is is the way right until it's not so uh, i'm not going to pretend that i'm always going to keep the same energy no matter how i'm doing there um but yeah uh of course uh, so we kind of covered that uh the f- top two fights I, I didn't really cover the the scoring um so part of the reason why i was wrong on this one i so I look like an idiot and 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 i don't but i also you know I won't be too honest but like again folks i don't i'm often just running errands trying to get workouts in and then by nighttime you know like if i'm so busy during the week it's just like and and sunday is just a i'm a zombie i gotta do the cleaning you know um, run a house take care of the dogs prep for the next week yeah um and i'm working up until friday nights usually so uh you know it's like friday nights and saturday nights if i want to go out have fun see friends go on dates right like these are the nights to do that and i know i know believe it or not despite you know having a losing record and maybe uh looking you know looking like a loser to some of you um Tantom here actually has a life yeah yeah i actually you know i actually get out i actually do the stuff that we're talking about now um i actually see and talk to girls crazy i know you guys should try it sometime the not you guys i'm talking about the trolls of course you guys are fucking cool in the chat um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, so I, I was, I was indisposed, uh, let's just say, and I wasn't really paying attention, you know, watching fights in and out, which is a normal story for me. And I wasn't able to. I don't know if I wasn't able to hear the fights or it was turned down. I forget what the scenario was, but I just remembered a certain point looking over and seeing Grasso getting her hand raised and the belt going on. I was like, oh, sweet. You know, I was busy doing something else, but I looked over and went, oh, sweet, cool, cash the bet, that's what I needed. Um, And I just, you know, especially with my losing ass, just losing so much, I I, I did that thing where you just get too excited and you start, (laughs) you want to be first and not right. And and I'm usually not like that. I'm usually not wired for that. And of course, the one, one time I do, boy, do I pay for it, I look like an idiot, of course, they're like, how did, it was a draw, you idiot, because also, the parts I was looking in the fights were, like, I did see the guillotine scary moments, right, in, like, round three, I believe it was, or whatever, but, like, I saw the drop from the, you know, the right hook, uh, left hands and right hook, remember that analysis when we talked about that, um, as far as, like, everyone was talking about, hook versus like, no, that's not it, it's the fact that left cross lanes are potently stupid, especially with right hook, you know, follow-ups as well. You're just not used to that angle on the hooks or the crosses. Um, and you could say jabs too, but again, jabs lack an MMA in general, much less, you know, when a southpaw is involved, even though it shouldn't be, but that's just what it is, right? So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> even the little glimpses I get, I'm like, oh, sweet, man, my analysis here isn't crazy. <coughs> it did look like an exciting valve fight, you know, obviously, Went back to watch it, uh, you know, uh, more cleanly. Uh, I don't want to say soberly because I wasn't even drinking. Um, but, yeah, like, with sober eyes, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, I know, obviously, I was on Grasso, and it's going to sound like spilled milk. And, you know, I'm not even, like, crying about it or, like, I can cry about it online. I'm not having a tone about it. I'm actually really positive for Dan Tom over here. Um, so, it's not coming from any of that. The the uh, all bets, all bets, are final at this point. So, um, if you've got any emotion on it, it's still only disservicing you. So, uh, you know, I can't do anything with that. I look at it unbiasedly after the tickets are cashed or not cashed. And I had it for rounds two, uh, four, and five for Grasso. I did not have a 10 8 in any of the rounds. And I'm a big 10 8 fan, uh, big Mike Vell fan, big, not big Mike Vell fan, I don't know him. He's one of the few judges I've not uh, spoken to, believe it or not. But uh, he. He is, I would agree with Nick Stick, even though, you know, you know, he seemed like, not just for this fight, I believe the fight before, he may have had a suspect card too, correct me if I'm wrong, so definitely just wasn't his night. I'm not defending that, but he is one of the more consistent judges, which is ironic, um, and he is one of the more to give a 10-8, which makes sense in this case, and I usually would like, and it's just one of those things where it's like, again, you know, the challenge, and I'm not trying to like cry or anything about that, I'm not doing that here, but again... I'm owning, and I just own. I just claim bad, stupid picks on me, right? But yes, if we want to talk about variance, I've been on the disproportionate wrong end of variance to the point of. real free in the chat, name an injury that I've been and profited on. Again, the only injury that I've been on the right side on was that recent one with uh, Lucindo or whatever her name was, and I didn't have anything on that fight, so it affected me nada. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and just dating back to 2021, the uh the judging type of fights in 2020 even too but 2021 mainly s- since the uh weird judging any kind of weird we'll talk about it with just gamrod alone right yeah i was uh i was on the wrong side of those um but like i, I i've been disproportionately right and even on those i forget recently but like the, the two ones you can like i think like almost two years ago now there was some stupid pennington fight or whatever that i got the split on and even though it was a competitive fight that could have gone either way you know, uh, between commentary, popular bets, or whatever, it was seen as like kind of an upset, or uh, not even like an upset, but maybe a little bit like, "Oh, you got lucky there." I'm like, I, I guess I actually think that Pennington legitly won, but bet aside, you know, maybe that. I guess I'm having a really pull deep from like almost fucking two years ago, or you've got fights like this, or another one that I believe either ended in a draw or some type of push, um, where. Yeah, yeah, I think it was one, you know, it was, uh, or it was maybe on the same night, right? Like the Lacerda thing, that's just like, you could say I was saved, but it's like, how, how, you know, I know cause I know Lacerda doesn't traditionally win past the first round, but they were still in the first round. You don't know if Lacerda's going to come back. Chavez makes dumb decisions and had a tough weight cut, so his gas tank could have been just as compromised as we got in a round two and three, right? Uh, but still, yeah, um I've been on the wrong end of those where it were like docus and Holland, where it looks like I'm going to be on the right end, and you know uh, they can appeal it after. Just let me cash my bets, right? And they can appeal the no contest after. And then you got you know uh, Dan Mergleada has his mind set up. I'm about to I'm about to get get one by. And you know Herb goes, oh Dan. And you can even see it on the tape. And then he calls him back, interjects his opinion, um, and then they go with the uh, and then they go with the uh, the no contest, even though it goes clearly against the decision that Mergleada made in the fight after the fight. And the concussive concussiveness that uh, Holland had to fight through. All for not. Nothing. Um, even though Holland himself was like, you know, I got my ass, whatever, you know. Even though he didn't, you know, didn't really know where he was at. But, yeah, like, so I, I, I've i definitely been on the wrong end of those. So, okay, I guess I'll take it. But, again, what am I taking here? A push. A push that took up place on, on my round robin with another push I got on the round robin. Um, which, again... It's uh, you know oh you got lucky because it wasn't a ten eight and that ten eight saved you you're like technically you are correct absolutely but at the same time I didn't profit off of it I went from a, a winning night to a losing night you know uh, on all these nights and it, where you can even kind of do these considerations which aren't really breaks when we're talking about it not only have I not profited from the fight I still lost on those nights that those happened so in no way or layer. Have I even profited from my closest cases? And y'all are welcome to correct me every episode, and I've still gotten none. Miss me with the variance talk. But uh, for this one, no. I mean, that aside, you know, it could have been scored either way. With It comes down to that fourth round. And uh, for me, I, I feel like Grasso had the more impactful moments. And you know me, I'm, I'm a more body of work guy. I've never picked against Shevchenko until this, this fight. I'm a body of work guy over a big moments guy. But not just the knees which you can make an argument and say well how much did they affect her (laughs) when she was talking to the ref and I'm like well that was just kind of a stupid move by Val and uh, she was talking and not really knowing what to do you know out of that panic because she couldn't believe she was getting hit by the shots which were clean shots and clean shots are clean shots some people wear shots better than others whether we're talking about not showing bruising or cutting or just their chin and availability to kind of wear it off but you still have to score it right um That being said, those knees were much more impactful than the one skimming elbow that Shevchenko lands and it cuts Grasso and it makes blood, but that that doesn't score much. And I'm not saying with me, it really shouldn't score too much with the judges either because, again, blood is not end-all be-all. Some people bleed easier than others. This is not one where you're going to mistake it. It's going to be pretty clear. But again, you also have to really see the strike that caused the cut for you to actually grade it. Because if you're not, if you didn't see the strike as a judge, you didn't get an angle on it, or a decent enough one where like, okay, maybe their back was to you so you didn't see the right hook land, but they threw a right hook, I'm not sure if it landed, and when they separated, the fighter that got right hooked on has a cut there. I'll obviously give them leeway to credit that toward the fighter as a clean shot, but unless you don't have anything like that, then it could have been from a clash ahead that you, the referee, many times do not see, right? So you got to be really careful how you grade that type of damage, which is why it is important to understand actual technique, actual leveraging strikes, um, because that helps you see things beyond the point of contact, which can be tough, live, things happen fast, or relying on really deceptive information like cuts that can lead you the wrong way just as much as they can lead you the right way, right? Um, And if you look at it, what was the effect of it? Grasso did not, not even not affected. Like this is not even turned. She didn't even blink. No, she literally didn't even blink. And the cuts by her eye, the elbow is by her. Didn't even blink. Comes forward. There is a bit of a a, a weird kind of a, a pause between both of them. But the very next meaningful exchange is one by Grasso, and I'm not sure if it's a lead hook or a jab, but her right jab and her lead to ha- right lead hand was much was much better this fight from Southpaw uh, when she smartened back up and got back to it. Because she seems to kind of stammer Valentina, you know. Um, I don't think the commentary does the, oh, she's rocked. But Valentina did this a couple other times where commentary it did draw that. I don't know if they just missed it. Because not even just commentary, even people on rewatch and their arguments. I didn't see anybody really cite this strike of the round. But essentially, Grasso's two biggest strikes literally sandwich Valentina's best strikes. So that's two moments to one. And then you've also got the moment at the end, which is a submission catch, a heel hook. It was a legitimate catch. Um, That scores. And I said that before listening to uh, Lupi Godinez's interview this week. I believe it was on Unfiltered where she said um, Grasso actually heard Valentina's knee pop a couple of times. Uh, Not that, you know, you could expect that. We don't know that. Obviously, you can't expect the judges to know that. But again, that's why you need to score submission catches. Would I have scored it highly? Would I have scored it higher than any Grosso strikes or Shevchenko's big strikes? No, not necessarily, right? But it does fucking score. You do need to add it to the score. Because sometimes it might even score more than you think it is. Some people might argue with me for scoring a submission catch, which... What the fuck else are we going to do? We, we Don't we lack metri- met- metrics and language for grappling? Why not take some of the actual applicable scoring language from grappling sports into MMA if it's all the same mix of sports, right? Crazy, I know. Uh, and, and this stuff's actually effective grappling. That's in the criteria. Uh, she off-balanced Shevchenko and uh, gave her nowhere to move the cage. Caught the heel hook. Even had the leveraging counter leg and pushing pressure with the bend. And behind the heel catch. That's a That's a submission catch. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it' totally okay to go Valentina that round, especially live, right? Like, I get it. I'm not saying it's a bad score, but I'm just I'm justifying not. To, oh, he had money on Grout. No, I'm 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 specifically explaining step by step why I scored it, and and yeah. Um, Ronald Russell Jr. defeated Terence Mitchell. Welcome to Good Burger. <laughs> oh nothing. Wow, we learned nothing. Um, Daniel Zeljuba defeated Christos Iagos Anaconda. Uh, don't want none. So I got to butch- butcher that fucking song. Sorry. Uh, Kyle Nelson. Uh, shout out to Fenya. Boring Kyle Nelson is a beast now. He's figured out you know, how to do his thing. Uh, of course, extended the more opportunistic Fernando Padilla. Uh, Should have picked Nelson. Uh, but uh, did have him in the round robin. He hit, and it was all for nothing. That plus 200 because uh, we couldn't get anything to go with it. Uh, Gadini has defeated Elise Reed. Rear Naked Choke. This one felt great because the analysis I gave was before she gave interviews, like, or I heard interviews, I should say. My guy Aaron or TSN. But you heard Loopy talking before and after, and saying the exact same things I'm saying. She's training down at uh, with Alexa Grasso and Diego Lopez, so expect those grappling improvements. I think she had trouble on her finishing ability. He's going to be able to help shore that up. And she was even critical on herself. Post-fight was saying in interviews that, she goes, yeah, I, I honestly wasn't confident in my finishing ability for my rear naked chokes, uh, my positions for ground and pound, and they are really cleaning that up. So, you know, the sub was there. Uh, even though I didn't play it, I said that was going to be more obvious, but it just, again, they were giving you inside the distance plus money. And then, again, when you didn't have inside the distance, just taking that unit you would have put or whatever you would have put and just just split it on the, the round two and round three, and that's just, that's just money, right? And we were sweating that because, boy, it almost ended in round one, so, like, shouts to my guy Aaron Bronstetter, who also had the round two loopy, by the way. Uh, it was just one of those things where I hate seeing that armbar stuff, and I squirm, and I'm, I'm getting, like, a weaker stomach for violence as I get older, folks. Um, but, like, uh, it was weird, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm praying for it to stop, but I'm also praying for, like, the clock to go faster, so maybe I can get to round two and cash some more money, even though Inside the Distance and the official record would have been clear either way on that. You know, again... Um, I also, was also rooting for the untracked, which, not that it matters, because it's untracked, did do a better. So that was a fun experience. A copy law Fremd uh, round two, which felt so good. Nothing against Fremd or anything, obviously. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but it was just like... I was just reminded, and I forgot to talk about it last time, that was just another one where I had Fremd round two, and Fremd inside the distance. I'm like, now I'm going to make it back for that, because I just was so mad that, you know... I know it was a bad weight cut, and it just messed Fremd up, apparently, but like that he couldn't finish Jamie Pickett in that fight, oh, that was... That was a herder, so, you know, copyloft got us back. Again, I said they they priced you out of Kapilov. The only way to bet it is round two, so hopefully you guys follow that. Um, It wasn't the hugest number, but, I mean, plus 400 compared to Chalk KO, Chalk Inside the Distance, Chalk money line, Chalk Under, you know what I'm saying? Like, eh, round two, round props, folks. That's where the analysis is good for. Call me cute, say I'm losing, whatever. You don't got to follow my bets, but the analysis is good for these fucking round props. Um, Edgar Chavez, Lacerda, we talked about that. That was a bad call. Props to Chris Taini, though. I guess he apologized uh, in ring right after. Plus, they did the no contest and the accountability call. I mean, that's all you can really ask for. I know Dom is going off, and I get it. Believe me, you know, as a better, as a fan. But at the same time, I, you, you know, I, at least I can. I hope you can put that stuff aside and appreciate um, the difficulty of the job and how much of a man it takes to apologize for your mistakes to a fighter, uh, uh, in the heat of things, on air, in a fight, etc., like that. So props to Chris Tyone and hopefully more officials do so um, and take accountability as best they can. Charlie Campbell defeated Alex Reyes, DKO. That was brutal. Yeah, that wasn't winning as soon as I saw it. Just was more of a number thing. And, uh, man, uh, sympathies to nuts and inside-the-distance bettors uh, defeated Marnik uh Probably should have got the finish there. Huh? I didn't watch that one too close. But that was that. All right, 31 21 finishes the recap. i to do a chat cleanup before we go to, um, uh, real quick, some shouts. Billy Welks, i shout out my guy, MMA on the rocks. Make sure you're following his channel. I uh, always love Billy Welks. I'm meaning to get him uh, on/slash back on the podcast. He's had me on his program. Go subscribe to his channel. MMA on the rocks. You can find him also on Instagram, on Twitter, or on Twitter. I'm not gonna call it the other thing, but mainly on Instagram because he's doing a lot of drink stuff too. Uh, Bill Billy Welk's always been like the uh, undercover, low-key bar, best bartender. Uh, you know, you could pull out of your back pocket, but he's actually like doing like drink vids as well as like martial arts and technique vids uh, down in uh, Florida, Billy Q territory, Tampa. Um, so I really wanted to shout him uh, may or may not have him on next week folks. I know it's an off week I still got to do contender series and since I am still got to get uh, Some evergreen out this week uh, might as well do a top five to go along with it So may or may not have Billy Wilkes on some top five uh, middleweight fights action coming your way Of course I always got to shout out my guy uh, My guy D love D underscore loves underscore turmeric uh, tonic uh, the turmeric tonic Fine. You type in uh, D. Love's turmeric tonic and it, it should pop up with the weird underscores uh, on the Instagram follow him there He'll do some stories you use code protect 15 for 15% off an excellent Arrangement of some lemon turmeric uh, and ginger. I'm actually gonna be putting in an order uh, soon my guy D. Love But go support him give him some love give him a follow My guy Drake Riggs was great. you seeing Drake Riggs in the house uh, last week contender series got to see a lot of colleagues like my guy uh Aaron Brownstetter as well, Alex Behunen, uh, long overdue, he's been he's been out here in Vegas, I, I just don't go to the shows live, you know, um, and I uh, went to meet some friends for dinner, my guy Marcus, uh, Marcus from Atlanta, Marcus Williams, Nubian Bookstore, so many different names, I, I got confused, and then of course the man has a shirt that like has his name on it, uh, he's an OG on uh, the Twitter space, MMA Junkie Radio, MMA space, gambling. Again, Nubian Bookstore. Uh, great dude. Uh, it was great seeing him. He, uh met, met, met up with some guys. Uh, uh, Aaron, of course, uh, saw a Contender Series, met up with this weekend. And and again, uh, I also want to shout out uh, Johnny the Greek, of course. That is Johnny from the Contender Series. Uh, I met him before and I said on this program before, he's a really nice guy in person. Uh, when he was on his bad streak, I think it was like last year or whatever, where everyone was doing the Fade the Greek. As fun as you know, y'all were having, I wasn't trying to rain on anybody's parade, but I did say you know, I got sympathy. I'm not going to... I, I don't want to pile in on this guy because, um, you know, if it were me in that position, um, with my luck, right, I would, like... I, that exact same shit would happen to me. And despite one of the... Only few people to stick up and say that, uh, of course, karma working the way it does, um, I, I don't ha- even have a public position like my man Johnny, and I got hit with a fucking doubly cold streak as I've, of course, been on. It's funny how that works, but I'm very happy for Johnny. Uh, it was great to talk talk uh, with him and uh i will say um i just want to say the guy's just a class act man i can't i can't say enough nice things about the guy i know you know he's a big personality when he gets on there and whatnot but the dude's always been humble he knows his lane his lane's numbers uh it's not as much mma but he's really been you know uh he's really been you know immersing himself in the sport since he got in he's never you know been one to uh Really argue any of that man so you gotta you gotta respect that and uh if he seems like a nice guy uh it's because he because he is so i wanted to, i wanted to give johnny those shots man give him his due um you know uh, it's like like carrot top in the community scene some guys just get unfairly you know in the scene and then you, they're around for a while and you see like hey this guy's good dude over here you know what i'm saying and, and i feel like, feel like johnny gets a lot of uh, a lot of that but uh but yeah um Remind me to talk about some line movement when we get to Ige and Gamrot. Uh, those ends the shouts. Again, iTunes and Amazon reviews. Uh, I don't want to go long today. Maybe if I have time at the end, I'll do some uh, Amazon's reads. But again, uh, if you guys want to go to use the click throughs for On It or Amazon. If you shop at those things, uh, you pretty much go to the website, click the banner. So that's. Uh, total of two tasks two clicks and uh, you're on your website shopping and a small percentage of your purchase gets kicked back to this year program with no extra charge to you of course if you do want to support the program there is a PayPal link or right above that mixed martial analyst calm and plug this stuff in a while I don't deserve it might as well plug it and of course that's also in the link trees at Dan Tom MMA that you can find on my Instagram or on uh, on Twitter artists formerly known as Twitter um, for that We'll see if I have time to uh, read that. Let's go chat clean up um da, 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 da. here we go here we go here we go here we go evil <laughs> Valentina fell because of Mike Bell like that pun. yeah, that's a good one. my guy ran lamina in the house um oh, hopefully that's right uh, da 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 says susan truesdale the cultural appropriation was embarrassing for the ufc you mentioned this but i am glad that the ufc didn't do that for asian heritage month yeah everyone's saying like oh they're gonna they're gonna they should do this for a of just like relax folks um it did a lot of numbers um and i love mexican combat sports i grew up watching boxing uh particularly going to uh friends houses out here in vegas my, my dad's friends houses Uh, were of Mexican descent, so I grew up, you know, I think uh, Taylor and fucking Cesar Chavez in like 91 is like my first vague memory of a boxing fight, Uh, I remember seeing Tyson when he came back out of prison a couple years later in the 90s, but a lot of De La Hoya, a lot of uh, uh, Julio uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, uh, a lot of that, so obviously uh, it is rich, there is no bullshit in that, Uh, I'm a big fan of that, Uh, that's all genuine, but yes, there is a business side as to why, you know, f- from alc- the, the, the beer companies, the boxing companies, MMA, all these things follow suit and, and, and sell to that market because the numbers are good and uh, Dana definitely, I believe, reported so as well. So uh, And again, UFC doesn't promote much these days, but what they do promote is their market expansions, especially where they have... PIs, you know, again Zhang Wei Li, even though she's legit and has proven herself as such, people were saying oh, remember, she was, she was just getting the title shot because they're opening the PI in, in, in Shanghai, uh, and I definitely don't want to go down to those unfair routes whether we're talking about China or Mexico, doesn't matter uh, you know, I definitely don't want to be too unfair with those talking points, obviously but at the same time, there there, there is some truth to those things uh, as to why that generates those talks, because the UFC does do that so let's see it for what it is um, as well um, and that's why, uh, that's why I was people were like, oh, it'd be cool to do something with Japan or something Asian. And I was just like, you know, and I agree, by the way, I think it was like my, uh, my guy, uh, Luca Fury, shouts to Luca, uh, saying something like that. But I was just like, it would be cool, but it's just like, yeah, considering the UFC, like the one woke thing that the UFC doesn't do, even though they apparently don't do woke stuff, they do all the typical woke month stuff, right? From, from gay pride to everything, which is. Cool, I'm not saying it, I'm saying woke is a joke, obviously, for the people who say that, like it's got some bite to it or something still, I don't know. But we know that Asian Heritage Month going on for a decade now and counting is one they just ignore. Even when they actually do have Asian products, we don't even really realize them. Even when they got the beautiful Laura Sanko commentating them for Road to UFC, right? I mean, which, thank God, because, you know, again, who knows what kind of Asian jingles they would fucking toss on those things if they tried to promote it. So, I don't think they're going to get too crazy with it, folks, but they are definitely, you know, like Dana said, they're going to attack UFC Noche and go head-to-head and, you know, uh, attack that market. So, yep. Um, Ghost Phantom split draw was the funniest way for Valentina to not win. Then claimed racial bias post fight. Chef kiss, yeah, affirmative action Val. That that was uh, that was something. Yeah, that was uh, Valentina. Oh my god. Again, she's not the like I said, folks. I, I, I you know I've I've been a bigger Valentina fan than others. I've never picked against her to this fight, but like I was saying on on this podcast prior, that attitude, stubborn, stubborn Chevy, stubborn Chevy man. That 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 that's why I, I couldn't trust her. And we may, even though this was an exciting fight for her, we may see uh, start seeing her downtrend. Or don't be surprised. So, that's done. Matt Pauly, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. I love the Avi, the Super Mario, new name, and positive. Thursday night's Dan Tom time. I always love the breakdowns, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Make sure to hit the like, although I don't deserve it. Ghost Phantom Raul Roses Jr. answered questions about his cardio and heart. By TKOing opponent in 40 seconds. <laughs> did you like the snarky eloquence? Yes, I did. We, we, great minds think alike, my guy. Great minds think alike. There, synchro wing. Did you have? Did you think that Loopy is a world beater? Um, I've seen online people saying she is the hardest matchup for Lee. I forget she had a hard time with Helen Penne. Your opinion, please. I, I wouldn't go so quick to say that, but uh, I do not mind the enthusiasm because she has durability, cardio. Even though she's not even that big for straw weight per se, her strength. Uh, was always there, freakish with the, the the grappling, but even with the power, you know, she was really fighting her left hook with Francisco Grasso, she said, this camp, that was a shot that didn't surprise her that she landed so well. Um, and uh, again, um, you parallel things to where the UFC's at, and right now I think, you know, or, you know, you know, women's divisions are behind men, not trying to be sexist, but like if we're putting it in a, a fun and analogous term, um, I don't think there are... Pretty tough noob or anything, but I do think they're like somewhere between like uh, 2007 and 2010. And I think that's being really, really generous, but also fair um, where women's MMA is at. So, and this also is really perfect for the parallel I would put loopy, um, which is uh, Diego Sanchez, who had some really good years in those divisions based off his ability to just be durable, wrestle be a good enough grappler to, if not, you know, start getting better with finishes, which we are seeing Loopy do, be able to stay out, whether it's exciting slams or scrambles, right? Um, But she's already even maybe, you know, showing, you know, those bursts like Diego with Joe Riggs. But let's see if she can kind of, you know, put that together more as far as she can still hurt people on the feet, uh, you know. um, And, uh, you know, say what you will about Diego Sanchez. He was able to win a lot of fights in that era, and if you look at the overall analogous message that I'm saying here is that being the Diego Sanchez of strawweight right now, even in 2023, is more than enough to be a force and get to a title shot at the very least. So, yeah, I don't blame people. I get it. But uh, you know me, I'm not. I'm not gonna be. <laughs> saying anything that quick. Real Susan Truesdale. uh, Hey, we love Drake Riggs around these parts. Of course you do. Drake is the man. Shout out to Drake Riggs. Mike's Uh. MMA picks in the house. Another one of the uh, uh, people, I don't want to say few, because that few is literally three, and there's way more than that, but he is uh, obviously in the good people's group for the uh, gambling people out there. Mike's always a mensch, uh not just, you know, popping in here, but even behind the scenes of the DMs. Good dude. Get what's yours, Dan. Thank you. You too, Mike. All the best to you this weekend. Lastly, but not leastly, Jim Kendry. Hey, Mike's in maybe picks. Cool channel as well. See, look at that. Getting, sh- my friends, getting love from my friends. My friends giving love to my friends. This is, this is beautiful, my friend. My friend, my friend. Uh, very beautiful. All right, let's get to the breakdown, shall we? We're we're about forty three oh seven in. We'll write forty three ten. Of course, UFC Vegas seventy nine, UFC Fight Night Fazev versus Gamrot UFC Fight Night two twenty eight. Take it as you will. Or actually, we'll go. Uh, sorry, we'll go Bellator. Bellator two ninety nine. Really quick. Um, I didn't write it yet because I was in the process, but I had to stop. Uh, but I got my plays in. Um, Johnny Eblins is like minus, like, 500 plus 390 on Fabian Edwards. It's a dumb number. I don't blame anybody taking Edwards because he's opportunistic like his brother, right? But, um, this is, you know, Johnny Eblin. even though, uh, I'm about to, you know, compare this fight that I, I essentially think it's going to go down like, uh, Usman Edwards one, not two or three folks, because again... Edwards isn't there yet. Um I'm really like what I've seen him on the pads and what I've seen him in his fights so far, went back to watch his catalog. Um you know, you 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 see pr- improvements every time, even just from his last fight to like, you know, you can't really tell everything from pads or sparring work what they're showing online. But even that, like it just just, you know, r- you know, really impressed. Clearly he's got um a feel for grappling, you know? Uh as far as jiu and transitional grappling and back taking like his brother except he's, he's bigger than his brother, both weight class and literally. He's pretty sizable 185 or at that, um, Fabian Edwards is. Uh, but it ultimately, um, it's still a lot of opportunism. If a fighter will allow him to take the uh, front foot, which uh, I don't think Eblin will, and again, even when they do, F- Fabian isn't that exactly consistent with it, even though he does really good work there, when he's on his back foot, He's com- too comfortable there because he is a natural counter-puncher. Again, you don't have to... That doesn't mean you can't go forward and counter. You know, the, all of the uh, Conor McGregors of the world, the pressure counter-fighters, right? Um, even Fazeev, who we'll talk about in a second, has a bit of a... You know, when I say he counters, he counters off his pressure just because he's pressuring, he's bridging defense into offense, pressure into counters, uh, so on and so forth. Um, but Fabian can be a little more lower volume, get stuck on that back foot. I think that's what can happen. Uh, I will say this. I did notice something that... uh You know, the only Southpaw that Evelyn really faced that was dedicated Southpaw. He's faced a couple switchers. Uh, Not really meaningful, though. Early on, lower-level guys. Uh, He's only officially 1-0 against UFC-level Southpaws. That's, of course, against the Salter Dog. Salter Dog. John Salter, who was primarily a grappler wrestler, of course. Um, Salter was able to kind of counter him with the left hand. Uh, Left hooks to left hands from guys like Tokoff were kind of the more common shots of what did land. Eblin has such a big head, though. It doesn't seem to affect him. And he adjusts really well. He won't start swinging back emotionally. But he won't just change levels blindly either, although he will smartly work and corral into his game. You know, he's bordering on good to bordering, especially if he's improving. He'll be one of those rare guys who can get the excellent risk management from me just because he really puts it together. He he reminds me more of Vol- Volk- Volkanovsky The fact, because he can fight on his back foot too, switch stances, and pressure. He's just constantly adjusting. Uh, He will jab against southpaws, which is great. He did it against uh, stance switchers early in his Bellator career. He did it against Salter. Um, He'll even switch to southpaw to mirror like he did against Salter. to not just land the calf kicks and the mirrored kicks, but even use his lead hand there. So, you know, um, you see it kind of getting sharpened up. It looked a little better, his southpaw stance. Like Again, a fight, speaking of fight-to-fight improvements, so is Eblen. Um And his southpaw stance looks better from his Salter to his Musasi fight, which was his last fight but was the next fight after the Salter fight three fights ago. Um, and you see him to continue to improve upon that. And just the fact that he uses his lead hand against southpaws in open stance or as a southpaw makes him better against most southpaws or most guys who fight southpaws, if that makes sense. just because he's got the lead hand awareness. He does use it. Um, he does move his head offline, and he punctuates to the body, which is another great thing about punctuating to the body. Not just because we're nerds like me will will appreciate you for it, or yes, it is effective striking. You could take away their gas tank or steal their soul if you hit them right to the solar plexus or the liver. But it's also great for when guys switch dances because that's another thing is like not knowing how to fight southpaws or this. Everybody switch dances these days. Like you need to know how to do to do these things, and the great thing about incorporating body work and punctuating with body work like uh like like eblen will do and others will is because when you face southpaws or guys that are switching stance or guys that are like bobby green and they're doing the lean back or the adesanya's what's there the legs and the body are often there so that, that's why that's again that, that's why you know from styles like dutch style kickboxing, uh, you know uh that's dutch, dutch style tie boxing to, to so forth will punctuate and, and incorporate so much body and leg work it is effective striking at our targets it is targets that are there and uh, i think that's going to bode well for uh eblin but ultimately i think that he knows it's going to be even though he's been admittedly falling in love with his striking and definitely not afraid to, to to show that he still smartly mixes in wrestling and because he does i think this could be one where he kind of goes back and has maybe even a heavier wrestling performance especially because even though Edwards is improving his grappling, these are offensive improvements in his wrestling, offensive improvements in his jiu-jitsu. He's still giving away, letting go of, of overhooks and wizards needlessly and allowing for shuck buys, which is Matt Return City for and Ride City for a guy like Johnny Eblin. So I think it's gonna be Matt Return and Ride City. It's gonna be boring. Probably Eblin by decision, like the odds are mentioning. I was hoping to get a sneaky submission play in here that they were gonna do like a thing like Nemkov versus uh, what was it where like they put the plus twenty one hundred that I that I that I grabbed like almost two years ago in October. Um, hopefully I'll get some more of that good juju because in October uh, um, hopefully Lance Fishel is coming up with MMA analysis guys because he is my one good luck charm for a guy who claims bad luck I always kill it whenever I'm betting with that guy around me Uh, but yeah I hit that uh, plus 2100 sub they were smart to it so smart that they actually put the sub lower than the KO which kind of doesn't make sense Um, and at that point you're picking and choosing and then you're going to committing to an inside the distance if your house has that do I really want that for Bellator? Do I really want that with a guy who, as much as I like, uh, there's a re- uh, Eblin. There's a reason why uh, you know he is bordering toward the excellent risk management because he's not going to really maybe sell out for the finish. But he's only getting better. Maybe he does want to make a statement. You know, even though Edwards uh, seems to be more of a slow burn fighter, you know, he actually has some decent third rounds. Um, he just does not look good off of his back when guys can put him there. We saw teammate Austin Vanderford. Who is not as good of a wrestler, not as good of a submission fighter, uh, even though he's really, you know uh, better there than most people give him credit for. I'm not trying to shit on Austin Vanderford. I've defended him. One of the first A plus I ever gave, in fact, in my contender series was Austin Vanderford in trivia. Um, but uh, but you see what, what what people have been able to do when they're able to get on top of him. I mean, even Charlie Ward, like two fights ago, was able to, you know, um, give him some trouble and take him down and stay on top for positions, which were kind of silly, right? Um, so yeah, uh, what I did instead was I'm like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna price me out of anything sub or anything fun. You know what? If he pro- if he gets a finish, it's probably gonna be in championship rounds where we haven't seen uh, Edwards. And again, Edwards doesn't look like he has bad cardio, but we know Eblin has excellent cardio. And we know his path to victory is wearing him through the wrestling. So if he does get a finish, it's gonna be rounds four and five. So I just took point seventeen unit shots, baby. Eblin round four plus thirteen hundred point seventeen u round five plus sixteen hundred point seventeen u those are my only bets on the fight those are my only bets for Bellator two ninety nine um da, 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 da. Uh, I'll get back to you guys picks later I don't want to get too hung up but I, I appreciate that I'll just say good. I, I do see a, a Bellator one hey I like Johnny Eblin says James Kendrick in. Is the ghost Zhang thread? He mentions that uh, Evelyn will jab to draw out the rear hand when the opponent throws the rear hand as easy takedown. And that was an idea Zhang used against Lamosh. Oh, great pickup! Great pickup! And shouts to a uh, good shouts to Ghost there. Uh, with Thomas Kane? When is Jamal Hill going to be healthy? If Alex P wins, Jamal beats him easy. I don't know about easy, but I definitely would favor or not be surprised to see Jamal favored. We'll see though. If Alex wins, you know, I'm, I'm you know, me, I'm, I'm a big Politan guy, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, loves Mike's MMA picks. Nice getting the love. This is a Tuesday. I think you're the only analyst that mentions jabbing in a southpaw stance. I'm not the only analyst that mentions that, but I do appreciate you. Uh, why are so many analysts speak out against the southpaw jab? What makes the southpaw jab so good? It's just because people don't see it. It's really stymieing. You know, I just use it as a check. Anybody can have a checking jab. Which not enough people do in general no matter what the stance but especially a southpaw checking jab it just annoys people it just it breaks up their conversation uh their, their combinations um it's just super annoying right it's it is the super potent lane it is a super stupid potent lane in the open stance right i just talked about the, the rare and lesser talked about closed southpaw versus southpaw stance where the stupid open lane becomes left crosses and maybe the attached right hook well the right jab is the stupid open lane when it's open stance I don't know how to explain it, but put any more qualified fighter analyst, which is not a high bar to, to get, but, but above me. But I'm just saying, go grab any of them, and uh, I'm willing to bet most of them worth their worth their salt will agree with me on that. Did you notice that Fabian, despite being a middleweight, is smaller than his bro? Is he? He looks like bigger than most of the people he fights. So I, I got to see them together. That's crazy. I, I, I got to look at that. Yeah, smaller than his bro. Leon. I got to look at that. Rain Lamina. All right, 53-30. Now we'll go UFC 228, UFC Fight Night 228. I should say UFC Fight Night, Faziv Gamrot, UFC Vegas 79. Uh, of course, we got Rafael Faziv, 155 in the neighborhood. Come back on Mateusz Gamrot, uh, plus 130. Um, this is funny because I've not been a big Gamrot fan again. bad. De- speaking of bad decisions, uh, I had Sarukian, of course, yeah, of course I did, right? Look at that decision. Not as egregious uh, at all, I don't believe. Uh, but still, uh, if you're not getting oversold on a quick mount at the end of the round or whatever, and stuff like that, um, probably should have lost that Jylan Turner fight. So he probably should be 0-3, uh, Gamrot. And, uh, you know, have you know, uh, since then I haven't been able to pick his fights, I think I reluctantly took him against Dariush, but it was one of those more like, because I thought Dariush was going to gas and uh, I didn't realize the improved wrestling Darius had, and then you know, you know, you get a guy over there with Chucky Ollas after you get rocked, and it's you know, it just kind of shows levels as well, I guess you could say. But you know, uh, not so surprising. Which again, even though I picked Cameron, I believe in that. I was not, I did not uh, excited to back him there or anything like that. Um So whether I picked, picked or played him, uh, I feel like I've been wrong. So maybe that's a. A bad omen here Whereas Vaziv you could argue he won his last fight right there's an argument that he won, won, uh, won round two if you don't get oversold on the um on the blood and uh oh Benji boy oh they're old hips when they get older Oof. It breaks my heart watching them walk sometimes uh he's good don't worry he's still beating the uh, big stink sister but uh yeah um the fuck was I talking about Dan but yeah yeah that round two you know uh, you can make an argument for him there uh, you know in the spirit of again weird ten-eighths right uh, not that it would have made a difference really but there was that weird ten-eight given in round two it wasn't a eight because I'm okay with obviously Gaethje getting that round but like Fazeev rocks him early on in the round and has like a good first minute 30 solid uh, I believe in round three um, so it's kind of one of those weird fights I'm more of a fan of Fazeev style than I am Gamrod's style I uh, said, so even though Gamrot keeps winning decisions he shouldn't get and winning rounds where he gets dropped in, um, I still stand by the fact that I don't believe he has a criteria-friendly style. I've said that before. Um, I've said that many times. That being said, folks, it's not that I was surprised on the line. It should be this close either way. It probably should be closer to a pick'em, and I think people feel weird about it because this is one of the lines that really hasn't moved. But I like Gamrot here. You know, again, maybe it's one of those things where, uh, my personal thing aside, it's easy for us all to kind of have that at-a-glance view and see why Fazeev is favored. And I have no issue with that, right? But, you know me, folks. Styles make fights, and how many people have relentlessly went for a takedown against Fazeev, right? We can say RDA, who consistently goes for it, who consistently works at a decent pace, right? And Fazeev got the fifth round knockout. That being said, RDA... Well, Dan, you bet RDA how past you, was it? Yes, yes, I bet him for that fight back then. Yes, yes, and I bet RDA uh, since then, sure. But RDA has obviously shown he's he's pretty past it, as he should be. He was already outperforming, right? The fact that he even got to the championship, much less into his welterweight runs and all these things, um, that's no surprise there, and it's still impressive. But RDA, his takedowns are much more bread and butter. He doesn't go for low singles. Um, it's pretty much the same thing off the cross. It's He's it, got that but it's more of a chest level shot uh, and his adjustments and finishes are all from and reliant f- to the fence. So they're very, very uh, the dynamic is very different than a Gamrot's who it's a completely different approach angle. It's a completely different speed. It's much better timing, much more volume of attack, much better consistency, much higher accuracy, but the Biggest point, the biggest point is the chain wrestling. It's his ability to chain up from that single. It's his ability, not even to make contact. He can just get the. He can. His, his striking is pretty bread and butter, but it it it, it it's similar to uh, kind of similar to Bryce Mitchell. I guess we'll talk about where they feed off each other. They live off each other. The, the wrestling and the striking. You know, it's not even so much that. Uh, Well, Garamot actually does have pretty good wrestling, but it's not even so much that it's lights out striking, obviously, right? Because it's not. It's the fact that he feeds off the looming level change. And even when there's no strike or no takedown contact, Garamot's so good with his chaining that he can kind of fake a takedown, get you to bite, and come back around. And I say that because even though our old RDA, and that's not in his playbook, I think if you go back to round three... There's a sequence there where old RDA like jukes him out like he's a fucking wide receiver and gets around to his back. And again, RDA is not able to make much of it. Um, I think this is early round three or round two. Fazeev is still strong, but it does make Fazeev wrestle to where by the end of round three or round four, again, you look at the result, you might forget Fiziv was was tired because he often does tend to tire toward the end of his fights, even when it's a striking match, like we saw in the Gaethje fight, which was only three rounds, right? But Fazib does have those pockets to recover, and I remember saying this live. Oh, Dan, of course you said it. Just like the, just like the Brad Pickett and Tomas Almeida UFC 189. You bet your ass. Sometimes you just, you just say these things, and it happens. I'm not special. It's just what it is. But I remember saying like, oh RDA, all right, now you got to go. This is your chance. But even though you need every second of this round to build on a tiring Fazib, you got to be careful with this very opening because he's got his burst right. He's like an Aldo in the sense of he's got his pockets where he can recover. If you give him a pocket, he'll explode, right? And you saw that at the beginning of the round with the Gaethje fights. And then he would kind of fizzle out. And, of course, RDA goes right in. And then in the first exchange, he gets knocked out. And it's like, oh, doubters be damned. Cardio what? And you're just like... Mm. I know Fazib is good, he deserved to be favored, he's probably going to win anyways, and he would have won anyways if that didn't happen, but let's not get so crazy and say that all of a sudden proves that he's a fucking cardio machine, lest we not forget, right? That is still there. And even though, you know, uh, he's even showed it again after that fight in three rounds. Now he's got five rounds in a small cage. You guys know me, superior grappler in the small cage, superior cardio fighter in a five-round fight, Gamrot, say what you will about the scoring. I agree with you clearly if you heard me at the beginning of this breakdown. But the reason why he's probably getting those rounds, even though he doesn't deserve it, is because he gets dropped. What does he do? He gets right back on it like a dog on a bone. Both physically, but more importantly, mentally and cardio-wise. His cardio doesn't go there, go away, which probably more fits under the physically, but more importantly, mentally, I should say. He doesn't seem discouraged. And that is huge, too. Especially for a guy who you could argue is very limited, much more limited than Fazeev is in the striking, doesn't discourage him. Doesn't discourage him at all. Um, he is playing with fire, both to finally get some uh, more losses, uh, because I don't have the, the, the highest ceiling for, for, for Gamron. I don't think he's going to be stylistically dependent, or dependent on gracious scorecards Clearly. But I believe that this is this 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 could be a really bad stylistic matchup for Fazeev and you're gonna put plus money, I'm willing to take the shot. Plus 135, one unit. And again, Faziv, even though he's got a a bit of a Sambo background, he doesn't like to grapple. He doesn't like to grapple for prolonged periods. We haven't seen him against a real strong submission specialist. And when I picked Dosanios for the upset, even though it was like Gamrot, I was picking the superior, more proven, superior grappler, the more proven fighter. In five rounds, and you know, in general, which you could also argue, even though he doesn't have the same resume as Dos Anjos, you know, you go back to his KSW resume as well, and you start incorporating that in. Yeah, MMA-wise, you know, he's got. You could argue a a deeper resume in some senses than Fazeev. You can make. I'm not going to die on any hills. But there's a lot of the similar, more importantly, stylistic uh, similarities as to why I made that pick, and and what I said with Dos Anjos is, you know, just like Fazeev, if he does win. And if that does go the way of the stylistic analysis kind of projects, yeah, decision probably the most plausible, but there are possibilities for late-round submissions. And I had a sneaky sneaky, uh, suspicion that if someone is able to put on the grappling fight that Dos Anjos wasn't able to do, um, but I do think, again, better cardio, more shots, more consistency, more output, more options, more dynamism in the uh, wrestling, (laughs) Um, that I think Gamrot can. I do think you can tire Fazeev out. And just because he hasn't been submitted yet doesn't mean he can't be, right? Uh, Gamrot lists himself as a Southpaw even though he switches. Fazeev, technically, what is he, like 2-1 against UFC-level Southpaws? Lost his debut to... Uh, what was his name from uh, No Country for Old Men? Uh, Anton Chigur, uh M- 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 Magomed Mustayev, And then I think I think Alex White, who drank the gasoline... Um, was a southpaw, was that John Gooden thing I clipped, like, he's amazing to be here, he drank gasoline when he was four years old, the doctor said he would be brain damaged, but here he is living his dream, <laughs> totally not meant to be comical, but you're like, yeah. um, that was that was one southpaw he beat, and then of course RDA, so I right, think he's 2-1 against southpaws, for whatever that's worth, um, but yeah, man, you're going to give me, you know, I, I do think there's a sneaky thing. Maybe he could get the submission here. So maybe if I'm limited and I can't put, you know, uh, decide with a round because I, I, I sprinkled, that's right, folks, 0.17 news in those main events, uh, three, four and five only went four and five with Eblen and for Bellator's main for the UFC main going three, four and five. Um, what the fuck did I get on that? I might get some better ones, but, uh, I'll give you what I got. Cause, uh, you guys know me. I, I give the lower number officially tracked. Which, again, like, I could help myself in every, every every possible... I'm not a CLV stressor. I'm not fucking bragging about numbers I got, much less bets until they're fucking cash. And even then, I'm not bragging as much. And then when I get fucking multiple numbers on a thing, I'm always posting the fucking lowest number. Like, I am not helping myself at all here, folks. And I get no... And I'm like, oh, you're so good, Dan. You want a pat on the back? It's like No, I, mean, I get... That's the point. Yeah, you, you don't get no pats on the back. You just fucking lose and look like an idiot. No one, no one really cares about the honor system. But I got plus 2000 round three plus 2200 round four plus 3300 uh 17 unit sprinkles so just over or just under a unit and a half on gamrot pretty much right so if he wins any means necessary uh we cover pretty well there maybe get just under a unit or whatever right a little under a unit and then if he wins maybe by submission, I get him in the round robin. No matter what round, it's good. He wins in round three, four, and five. It's really good. Hopefully, we can get a winning night and not have to depend on the main event for once. Maybe even the co-main, we'll see. Because there, 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 there's some uh, decent plays that I'm liking on the board here, lower down as we get. But yeah, um, I believe my official pick was Gamrot by fourth round head and arm triangle. on those tick shoulders, those tick shoulders by Fazeev right there. Um, yeah, I think that's what's going to get it. And it's crazy. I hate the pick I had. I don't like Gamrot's style, but this is just what the style calls for, man. Uh and again, you know me, grappler, small cage. Yeah, plus 2300 is a tasty line and that's the uh uh 3300 is actually the uh fi- round 5, 2200 is round 4 uh Gamrot that is. And then tw- 2000, plus 2000 is round 3. So those are and that's not even like, "Oh, he has to do it by sub or by TK," like no by any means necessary, you know, if because Fazeev's going to have to either finish or seriously, significantly hurt and compromise Gamrot within the first 10 minutes of the fight um, to be able to be in a position to not just win one of the three of the final rounds, but also survive whichever rounds he's not winning and needs to recoup back to the Aldo pockets to recoup, right? Even in striking fights, we've seen Fazeev need it. So... That is, uh, juicy is the right word, sir. You are right, James Kendrick. So we're going to go to the next fight here. Um. Again, Bryce Mitchell, minus 210, plus 170, Dan Ige. Stated bias, folks. Hawaiian extreme couture. This is one of the ones I will, not just because it's an Eric Nixit guy, and I'm not, like, you know, good buddies or buddies with Danny or anything. We don't go have drinks or anything. It's nothing like that. No relationship there. But... Uh, yeah, I know Danny gave for a minute since before he was in the UFC when he was like helping run guys with uh, Ali into the studio for interviews and stuff uh back in those MMA junkie radio days like half a decade ago. Um obviously the Extreme couture thing. Uh he is uh my guy Eric Nixix. Bob, you're my number one guy. So uh, of course if he's Eric's number one guy, shouts anybody who got that quote. Uh if he's Eric's number one guy, uh, you know he's uh, gonna come in with a good game plan. You know he's gonna get a, a lot of love from me naturally. Uh, and you know me, I overcorrect things when I don't need to. So even if I don't need to state a bias, I still will because transparency, I believe, is key. Because there's just still not enough of that shit. So whatever. Um, so take that for what you will. And it sucks because they keep putting him in co-main events, and I got to write up betting articles for the co-main events, which I am obviously stoked to do. Thank you, Action Network, for the job. But, uh, you know, uh, how much how much betting advice do you want from a biased guy, even though uh, I know my last two Ige ones did not leave you wrong, although we did miss the KO bonus there, which almost hit and round one in land war fights. I mean, both of the it almost hit twice, the KO, right? At the end of round one and round two, saved by the bell. Uh, again, like, legit saved by the bell or ended too early when it should have gone into the next round. Like, how many of those do I got under my belt too, right? And would have just made the difference on a and they were a part of a, 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 a round-robin amplifier, right? Oh, oh, I'm not just crying here, folks. It is, it is, for, for good reason. Um, but yes, uh, even my bias aside, this fight opened near a pick'em, and you could argue, even with my bias aside, that Dan Ige should, should have been maybe even slightly favored. He was not. I believe it was like minus 115 to minus 105 with Ige the minus 105, or it was like a minus minus one oh ten, 105. People took the ball and ran with Bryce Mitchell. If you really like Bryce and you want to take him your even money, I'm not gonna hate you, right? Who am I? Of course, oh, you're an Ige guy. Of course, you're not gonna like that play, right? Um, but we're gonna we're gonna bet minus Mitchell all the way to minus 200 plus my, all the way to minus 200. Like, obviously, my bias aside, whatever your analysis is, whatever my analysis is, it doesn't matter. The betting value is clearly on Ige. This is a dog or pass. We we, we have moved past pick a side and ride territory. When, you st- when one side gets 2-1, to one, um, especially in a pick and fight. So now we are clearly dog or pass. I can say that with whatever the fuck you give about my bias, because it doesn't fucking matter. It is dog or pass. That being said, I have friends on Bryce Mitchell. They got in on better prices. I wish you guys the best. I am not hating, but I do not fucking get it. Outside of the one stylistic thing that I will respect, I will keep the same energy on, even when I am arguably on the opposite side of it, even though both men are Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts, except one wrestled at Iowa. No, it wasn't the Arkansas native. It was the Hawaiian. Uh, Iowa, granted, it was Wartburg College, but still, uh, Division Two program, uh, you know, over there with Puna, where they met. Or they, they already knew each other, I believe. But either way, um, the wrestling experience for Ige. We'll talk more about the wrestling improvements, potentially. But yes, obviously, Mitchell is the more dangerous and the more known grappling product. I won't deny that. I will give that full credit. And because he is that, I totally get favoring him or giving him an edge, if you will. Uh, Maybe not outright favoring him, but certainly giving him an edge, right? However you want to interpret that as the more known grappling product inside the smaller cage. That's one of my favorite analysis. That was just the thing. I'm not going to go turn around in the main event just to... Back my guy and my, my my spoiler alert my incoming play here um, in the coming. No, I will keep that same energy. That is absolutely correct. But outside of that, I am coming up with a difficult reason to figure out why Bryce Mitchell should be a two to one favorite. Why, much less he should be steamed to to a two to one favorite? Because those are those are two different things. One, you're setting the line there, right? But two, we're doubling down. We can we can use the scapegoat of the odd setters and go. What are they? What are the bookies thinking? You know. But when when we ourselves as the public double down and go pick them at two to one and or beyond, got to have a good reason for that. And I doubt people are on the same analysis trains as myself, although I'm sure they're picking Bryce Mitchell for the grappling. I'm sure they're not citing, uh, even people like picking him to win that way aren't citing, oh, and his chances will be better in the small cage. You know, of course, me, I will still like do a better job making an argument for the side I'm betting against than people actually betting for them, which makes it hurt that much more when my analysis proves to be right and I am the one with the no ticket, right? You know, uh, you know, and you're stuck watching all the victory laps. That's always fun, but uh, but yeah, um, yeah. For for this, I just I don't get it, and for me, it's like I think that maybe it's like what is it an injury thing, maybe? And uh, you know, uh, is there a kind of injury rumor? And two things on that. One, like I always say, and the reason why I do forgive myself for not trying to get inside information on how people are looking or whatnot, and I've given you guys examples before, you can't have that inside information where for whatever reason, you, you're you like, uh, what do you call it? A simple plan, right? You're like Billy Bob Thornton. You stumbled onto the cash in the woods. You look around. Holy fuck, am I the only person seeing this? I got Charlie's golden ticket. I got to sit on this shit tight. I got to keep it quiet. And, or it's hearsay, right? And you're like, I heard it from somebody. Either way, it's either way, both those things in your head, whether you want to admit it or not, they end up at the same value. And that value is dangerous if you're a gambler because it'll cause you to run to the window, not just run to the window, run to the window confidently in a volatile sport like MMA and empty out because you think this fighter X is injured. And how many times have we seen it Again, back to the main event, right? You know, I may or may not have been talking with gambling people in the know, saying that the accounts, the sharp accounts that they respect, were buying back their Valentina bets um, at a crazy rate, higher than you would see when somebody misses weight. Um, pretty much, essentially, that there there's injury, there was a leak, there was a solid piece of information that got to these accounts, and they're 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 leaving it in mass. Not even. Just, just just, buying out of their bets. Not even trying to get in on the other side. Just trying to buy out, right? And either way, it looks like they, were, everybody was saved, right? Either way, regardless of the, the tactics that you took. But we go back to that. And Valentina, regardless of how you scored it, A, had an argument for winning that fight. And B, it was one of her most active fights ever, both on the feet and grappling-wise, right? Like, she didn't look that injured to me. You know, um, as far as that goes. Um, so it goes to show how dangerous that information is, right? And B, if you there's some kind of information on Ige, who are you betting here? Uh, I mean, we're talking about the, the, the flat earth dude who drilled his testicles off. And all that low-hanging fruit that, that Bryce Mitchell gets picked on aside from it. Well, let's look at the more relevant stuff. Dude is going through uh, ex-crazy ex-girlfriend issues, which hey man, we've all been there, right? Uh, there are there are property I'm sure we all have that we will never get back uh, I, uh, from some crazy ex-girlfriends. I know I've been there. It's not fun, you know. Uh, you know, don't mess with this man's fruit trees. And I know he's married and he's got himself a piece and he's doing doing well for himself. He's got plenty of things to be grateful about. Seems like he's got the attitude adjustment. But let's not pretend the man, you know. Uh, has his own self-admitted, you know anger issues. I got my own issues too, man. I'm not judging. I'm what I am doing is I'm saying that, you know, how stable of a product is he? Secondly, not only are there two withdrawals, the one that's responsible officially for his side of it was back issues and that was the most recent one and as we know with fighters with, with fighters with back issues those things can flare up um, at any time and really affect you, you know, Uh, the day of or or this and that. So even if you're feeling good, you could wake up and have a bad day. Like a fighter with reoccurring back issues is already a flag. So again, I'm, I'm trying to think of the logic as for why people continue to pour on Bryce Mitchell, even if there is a rumor, which I haven't heard one folks, for what it's worth. But even if there, I'm just, I'm just trying to reach for straws and justify it here. Um, Basically, the basic breakdown is, I think, the more likely person to get a finish. Again, just because Dan Ige hasn't been finished doesn't mean he can't be. Just because Dan Ige hasn't been submitted doesn't mean he can't be, right? If Mitchell goes out there and submits him, crazier, crazier, crazier things have happened. None of us should be surprised. Even me, who is picking and playing Dan Ige here. That being said, I do believe that Ige is the more likely fighter to finish. Um, we've seen Bryce Mitchell, if he can get hurt, I know he was sick his last time out, right? And that was the only time he's lost in his pro career, at least. He has been submitted before as an amateur, um, so he's lost in other in other fields there. But yes, first time he lost as a pro. I'll take his word for it. Sure that he was sick, uh, but at the, at the same time as Ilya Teporia, so it's like hard to tell. You know, I, I thought I think Teporia could still win that fight regardless, healthy Bryce Mitchell or not. But I also will take Bryce Mitchell's word for it that he wasn't 100. percent So it's a really a hard thing to go by there. And another good analog matchup. Um, is if you go watch on the other side, you know, evil way of and kind of like Emmett and Ige, uh, except unlike Emmett and Ige, where you, it's actually a legit, legit, legit argument, Ige actually beat Emmett in that fight. Um, but like many of Ige's fights, whether he clearly lost, there's an argument he won or otherwise, like many of Ige's losses, I should say, is that when you go back to watch him, he, he does much better than you remember. I don't know if that's just me, folks. But I always get that with Ige, he does much better than I remember, I'm going to tweet that we're breaking out the, uh, breaking down the main card now, talking, hashtag UFC, sorry I'm my own producer folks so you got to deal with a random interruption. Um, but yeah, um, and then you know I think he's more likely to Ege uh, probably more likely to uh, get the finish. Uh, not so much his counter left hands and counters, which are going to be live against Mitchell, who has po- who does have porous defense. Again, you look at his striking; it's not great. The offense is great. The defense certainly ain't great. But it's when he has that initiative, he can maintain that initiative. Um, that's when things really start flowing for Bryce Mitchell. I don't think Ege is going to allow him the cage positioning for the initiative. Ige will still be susceptible to takedowns, uh, strikes through the fact that Bryce Mitchell just does have, does have some really good timing. Um, and Ige is not beyond being caught shuffling his feet forward or out. Um, he's been caught in those positions for before, even though he's been fighting much more discipline to the Nixick system. Shout out to my guy, Eric Nixick, a shout out to the video, which shouts his system and where you can find, uh, more tidbits to that. Of course, my guy, MMAI MMA, uh, um, uh, MMAI there uh, on a YouTube channel at, at, at is MMAI Analytics or something on Twitter. I'm not sure, but shout out to my guy Jason there. Excellent, excellent. I know I shouted him out last podcast, but uh, excellent video there. And Ige's really been kind of like following to that system, um, and that's just a great system for and anti wrestling too, especially with uh, Eric's. You know, again his style and stuff that you know I uh, I know I've been preaching about from my point of view since prior. Ninganu, Miocic two, right. Um, as far as the, the ones to the body, um, the ones and twos to the body, center lines, um, all those things. And I think the body is center line, and more importantly, right hands. I know Ege is known for his left, but I think his right is going to be, you know. And they try to change it up. They try to go more center line than left against um, against Lanwer, right? Because they knew they'd be looking for the left hook, so they got to see the fact that right hands are the common culprit for Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell's eye always gets messed up from there, always gets cut open and blo- uh, and bleeds, uh, doesn't wear damage as well, so that's also something to consider, that not only Mitchell doesn't wear damage as well, but the more damaging fighter, stylistically, and arguably when they match up, will be Ige, so if Ige is not able to get the finish, um, uh, I'm not sure if uh, I'm picking him by by early finish or by decision. It's going to be a dogged decision where Bryce Mitchell will definitely be winning the one of the rounds. It's going to be a tight fight. He'll definitely be winning the run of the rounds through activity via his control. But he is not exactly the most criteria-friendly grappler either. It's not that he doesn't strike when he grapples, but if he doesn't get the submission, he's not really scoring a lot um, outside of positional time. Uh, he either gets you in his washing machine with the single hook where he can start kind of doing the... Uh, backtake truck twister kind of a washing machine or he's just looking to do positional play and ige is a better scrambler than barbosa and the guys he was able to get that off on who even though they're oppressive wins and highlight that's traditionally how you beat them you know uh feely was kind of a weird fight those were some of the first fights coming out of the pandemic you know era um uh, it was also even though i don't disagree with the score that bryce mitchell beat feely it was also a deceptively closer fight than you realize especially when you're looking at the criteria. Uh, as far as who was doing more damaging strikes and whatnot, Feely was striking submissions and hitting sweeps and successful sweeps multiple times from the bottom. If he was able to do that, I could see Ige being able to re- uh, re-wrestle. Um, <clears throat> I know Ige has been able to be taken down before, and we've seen him you know, taken down in dogfights before. That's why his, even though he still has a positive percentage of 56%, higher than the offensive puzzle piece of Mitchell's offensive 44% completion rate, um, the reason, you know, 56% still isn't great, obviously, and a lot of that is due to a lot of the dog fights that he was in and or Mavzar Ivloev, right? Which, again, he did better in that fight than you really think. A lot of those are mat returns, which, you know, they still count the way we're scored. I know guys like DC, you know, are really married to more of a wrestling style and has different opinions on that. I'm mean, just saying you got to keep in mind a lot of those are mat returns. Not that that makes him any less impressive or effective, clearly. Um, but that's what a lot of those are. And then you've got, like, the wild fights earlier on in his career when, you know, maybe he was kind of getting away from that. Um, like, you know, Jordan Williams of the world. Bryce Mitchell, by the way, lists himself as a southpaw even though he fights um, Switch and Ige, I believe, two and one against UFC-level southpaws. Uh, I want to say Mike Santiago and maybe Jordan Williams was a, 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 a southpaw. Um... And then, of course, uh, his early loss to um, <clears throat> Julio Arce was a southpaw, but obviously complete opposite style. Literally complete opposite style of Mitchell, even though both are good backtakers um, for what that's worth. But, uh, yeah, no, Ige, you, when you look at his wrestling, though, in those losses, um, like, you know, he uh, got kind of surpri- surprised by Chan Sung Jung's wrestling, who hit an uptick by working with Fight Ready for that camp, Right. And you see Jung, like, peeling his wrist and using that left wrist of Ige. But Ige, you know, it's about that time he does, like, these multiple Russian camps with Khabib and company, right? And also just focusing on his game and just getting better all around. He's You know, even when, though he's losing, he's actually making improvements when you look at his game. And again, even though he lost to Loev, there was a lot of impressive. His decision-making, is, in general, has been much better in general, all around. Um, not just in that fight, in a lot of his recent fights, right? better decision making is coming along with that nick Six striking system with the better cage positioning these all these things all feed into each other but then, and even specifically like he's been peeling wrists like zombie did to him he's actually using that exact move even against Eve Luev, to get back to his feet spinning guys against the cage and that's exactly what you got to do um and uh I, I it, it, you know again Ige is an overachiever Um, but doesn't get credit for it, whereas I think Bryce Mitchell is an overachiever and he gets too much credit for it, if that makes sense. So I'm not saying either of these guys are a world beater, but I do believe, I'm not saying there's a big world difference between them either, but I do believe Ige, even though it's only the next next notch up, I do believe he is clearly the next notch up in all fields, including wrestling, and he's going to have to show that. Um I do think you know Ige is still whether it's you know it used to always be round 2 sometimes it'll be round 3 even in a 3 rounder despite him showing clearly the cardio to go with some of the best fighters in the world in his weight class for 5 rounds. Um yeah, he is not beyond dropping a round which is why I said if he doesn't finish Bryce Mitchell, we're going to be sweating going into a round 3 where we're 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 probably one and one or Ige is 2 and oh, but round 2 is close enough where do we get robbed from it? Oh shit. Uh, bryce mitchell is having random success in round three right like we we could see that um especially if bryce mitchell is healthy and not sick and focused again a lot of things have to be in the bryce mitchell check boxes too right uh, which is kind of the crazy thing about this number um but more pathways to win more proven better wrestler fellow brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt never been stopped you know the small cage will help bryce mitchell from a stylistic perspective but again, the, the poorest defense, the Ige cage positioning, I think this is like the Damon Jackson fight. Um, even if I officially pick Ige by decision, uh, I may still put Ige by KO my round robin. But the official play that I have down is just, I just kick for coverage. You're going to give me plus 175 on Dan Ige, uh, in a fight where he you could make an argument that he, he, he could be 175. Minus 175, I mean, favored. Fucking one unit, easy. Bias aside, put it on me. I don't give a fuck. Give me Danny Ige, baby. That's where the value is at. All right, uh, next fight. We'll break this one down fast. Uh, Marina Rodriguez, minus 310, versus... Momcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Michelle Watterson, Gomez, plus 250. I don't know why they're making this matchup again. I don't know if this is like their version of Rose and Andrade, too, where they're thinking um, this is the only chance in hell where Waterson can win if you give her a full camp. Make it down at 115, where Rodriguez has to cut down to the weight. Make it only three rounds, even though Watterson likes five rounds. Let's be honest, she's probably going to be taking damage here, so you just have to pray that she's gets some opportunistic back take, some Kia axe kick that bullshits the judges into like stealing two rounds her way. Uh, she's been looking to upgrade the Jackson wink meta. She apparently uh, humbled herself and went to talk to some judges, which I respect. But I'm like, it's funny. I'm like, ah, Jackson and Wink. It makes sense. They are the... Uh, they got to upgrade the playbook, you know? The, the, uh... Yes! Very good! Late round takedown. Uh, the cheerleading to the late round. Last 10 seconds left is, uh, you know, a little outdated there. So maybe they're, you know, they're going to try to update the book. But again... I don't know about changing weight classes. I don't know about old dogs and new tricks, uh, so to speak. Um, I like Rodriguez here. I just, you know, I took round three, and that was a close round. I feel like that that had it all over it. We're getting it this time. You're gonna give me another chance at it, round three, baby. That's gonna be in the round robin. Um, I ended up. Uh, I'm probably going to put like a whole half units on it a piece, but I ended up going point Scotty Pippen's point three three units in round two and round three because um, we've seen Watterson uh, get finished recently in round three. Rodriguez's last finish, I believe, was round two. Um, so round two could be a live round as well. And again, what if uh, she hurts her and, and Rodriguez gets cheeky and you know locks up a guillotine or whatever a front choke? I think it's probably going to be more of a TKO by attrition. If she gets the stoppage, it's favored to go the distance. But... Uh, yeah, no, give me give me Rodriguez. Uh, what did the number I get for it? Again, I could probably get better numbers at a different house, but I'm going to give you guys what I got. And the lower number uh, will be what goes on the official record as per usual. I do myself no favors there. Uh, round 2 plus 900. Round 3 plus 1,100. Yeah, those are some nice sprinkles. So I put just over a half a unit, and uh, it could even return what's the lowest one. The lowest one returns over 2.5 units, and that's after you deduct the other round flyer. And the higher one uh, gets us uh, 3.30 units, Um, and that's after you deduct the .33 from a hypothetical miss in round two. So let's go some Scottie Pippins in there, baby. Let's go. Alright, next fight, and I will, uh, I'll, I'll I'll get to you guys in the chat. I just want to get through this. I don't have anything on this one yet uh, for Brian Battle, minus 185, AJ Fletcher, plus 154. I know my guy uh, Aaron Bronstetter and some other gamblers I respect felt bullish on AJ Fletcher, plus money. Um, if you are going to play it, it feels like a dogger pass kind of fight. It doesn't feel like a fight that I'm going to want to have to do with no matter who I pick. Especially because I'm already have more dogs than I know what to do with right now, so I'm going to forgo even a pick or a lean. Check me at Dan Tom MMA for my quick picks and prognostications, which of course go up on every fight day at MMA Of course, I track all my picks or all my plays are tracked uh, on Action Network. Find me at Daniel Tom there. Um, Ghost Phantom Valduer informed everyone that Dana said Watterson... Versus Rodriguez was the now you know you know vs oh my god that's ridiculous what w- wasn't technically Marina wasn't she actually on like the first like Brazil contender series so I guess that's it like he just does it for if there was a contender series fighter he'll just do it for that fighter even if it's like a fighter who is like clearly more well known is not a contender series fighter one of those few fighters who deserve the distinction maybe not as the contender series fighters right. Um, like the Danny Geys of the world, or the uh, Marina Rodriguez's, Sean O'Malley's, Jamal Hills, who got the freaking titles right, but of course that's what he's going to advertise him, and that's what he's going to do. And uh, I love it when he doesn't uh, doesn't do it on one of the rare fighters, especially rare these days that he doesn't sign. He's like, dude, did you forget you chose not to sign that fighter? Now you're bragging about them when it was the matchmaker that grabbed them on here last minute just to plug a hole in the in the ship. Uh, but yeah, we got uh, Charles Jordan opening up the main card, minus 148. Ricardo Ramos, plus 124. This is another fight that opened even, and I don't agree with the with the way the money's going. Um, I feel like Ricardo Ramos is a live dog. I haven't looked up in, in this fight to, to confirm my pick, but I'm definitely leaning that way. Uh, I don't know with all the dog plays that I already have if I'm going to add another one. Um, so if I don't, I will probably, and I do end up picking Ramos, you'll probably see his money line, even though it's not sexy. Um, hoping it'll, it'll, it, you might see his money line in the uh, round robin. It's tough because when I get limited, they don't let me put the big numbers. Uh, but the rule of thumb is, as it should be for a round robin for like a four legger, is I want to make it so I, I I calculate the lowest combination of winnings. So you need a minimum of two of your four for a round robin to hit. So I take the two lowest priced and what they would pay out, and as long as the what the two lowest winnings pays out for round robin in total then it's worth it if not it's not worth it right because now you're having to hit three legs to pay the thing off what the fuck are you doing which is why it's great when you're not limited and you're actually able to go with big numbers i know big numbers are also lower percentage hits but you can go the formula that i like where you get like Plus 700s and above, like three of those lines. And then you get like one anchor line. Like you get some like stupid minus 190 to minus 200 fight doesn't go the distance. That's going to clearly not go the distance kind of thing. So you at least know at least one of your anchors is hitting. So you need just one to hit for a, a big payout that'll definitely pay off your round robin line and add to your profits for the night, right? I can't do that. I have to pick in smaller margins where it has to be all plus numbers, but all plus numbers that aren't too high yet still pay off with just two legs, if that makes sense. So it puts me in this funny place where I hate these little plus-120 numbers. But um, if there is a dog that I don't have enough balls to play straight up, like Alex Reyes, who granted you're getting you know plus-350 for him. Obviously, he didn't cash, so it doesn't matter. But you know what I'm saying? A little more easier to throw a flyer out there for that. We'll see where I end up with the Ricardo Ramos. Charles Jordan's not quite Volkov territory, but I just don't trust him, man. Um, (laughs) My guy guy Faneo is talking about his uh, Andrew Tate and, like, doing a, his own Matt Schnell thing about, like, uh, you know, trumping for fighter pay, saying that it's fine or some bullshit. I forgot about that. But the reason why I get frustrated with Charles Dordain is because he came on the scene like a round three guy. You know I love my round three guys. But then he pursued, so not so much that he lost to my guy Juicy J in round three, but then starts to just waste his time and, like, not finished guys like Kron Gracie or Andre fucking Uhl. Like, you are the round three guy against the guy who fades in round three in one of his last fights means one of his last times you can fade him at Bantamweight, which is part of the reason why he was fading so hard in round three. And what do you choose to do? Stupid, overplayed, 300, this is Sparta kick that is definitely not overplayed. And the motherfucker is still bragging about that. When he could have finished the fight, uh, in the same breath that he's complaining about the judges and going, "Well, I I need to be in, in control and you know go for the finish," and then he goes and turns around about bragging about doing the stupid overplayed Spart three hundred kick. we should have finished round three. Even though in. bottom bother him sorry, not a round three guy in my book, Jordan. Not a round three guy in my book. Even if I pick him, sure as shit ain't playing him in round three. Which, that means watch Jordan's gonna win in round three now. You guys watch. Um. All right, uh moving down. Uh Dan Argetta -185, Miles Johns +154. This line surprises me. I was expecting Dan Argetta to be an underdog or this to be like close to a pick 'em line. Uh and Dan Argetta or Dan Argetta maybe to be like a slight favorite I should say, you know, close to pick 'em. And yeah, so I don't blame money coming in on Johns when Argetta even opened higher, I believe, at -2 to 1. Um this is not a card for parlaying. They almost want to ask you that with the way they priced Argetta originally. And even though I like Argetta, and I like him here, and he's going to be the pick, I do not like the price. Um, and I don't want to take that price to fade a Fortis guy plus money. So, yeah, good luck if you're on Johns. But I'll probably be picking Argetta and staying away. This fight, you know I can't stay away. Andre... Philo, baby, Fialo, Philo, baby. He's coming in like uh, like Shooter McGavin, the man in black, kissing Happy giving his grandma and doing the hand thing. That's what I picture, Philoho up in the club, right? And uh, you guys know I've, I've, I've had the book on Philoho. Um, you know, I, I was wrong about him because I was wrong about Baeza as that aged really well for him. But sometimes you got to stick to your guns, you know, just like, uh, again, what like I said with, uh, you know, uh, Dan Ige continues to overform, which is why I, I'm going to pick him, because he doesn't get the credit for it, whereas Bryce Mitchell overperforms, and uh, I think he's getting too much credit for it, and, and sometimes you, you think, you know, not that I wish ill or anything, or, or all these fighters are good, I'm not saying they are not, but I'm just saying that sometimes people are who they think we are originally, maybe we're not wrong because of one particular result, or even two. Um, so maybe that's the case here. Uh, and, and that's why, uh, I stuck with it and profited it, especially with that round two for Jake Mithies, Jake Mithies, of course, Jake Mithies, got it. And of course, uh, you know, he's been TKO'd every time since I told you he's been pretty chinny, um, it was Owen one against UFC level lefties. Uh, I was going to retweet that Southpaw report with the, uh, of course it was the outside the UFC fight to Chris Curtis. Um, I didn't go back to clip his fight with Joaquin Buckley to find the commonalities there. I may post that for you guys if I have time. It's actually like a short card for a Southpaw report if I want to bring that back. But you guys tune in here for that. And yeah, uh, clearly not great against Southpaws. And not just that, but body work from both dances was a quiet thing, too. It's something I picked out before, and I know I spoke about even uh, prior to the Salakoff um, spinning. I believe I picked it specifically from the win by a spinning kick by the body, right? Because feel a hoe to the body, and we saw that. Um, and Tim Means, even though he's not like some southpaw kicker, like some rock holder or whatever, uh, he will throw front kicks to the body. Uh, even with his uh, decrepit ass uh, one at least one decrepit ass ankle right uh, but he will also punch to the body uh, he counter punches really well smooth um he's gonna be running the risk because Tim Means gets hurt every fight now for like the last three years. Because again, he's like RDA where I'm probably gonna you know I'm I'm this is a trap that I know I'm knowingly walking into this trap, folks. Because this is like RDA. I know he's past it. I know he's kind of even, even Means not as successful as RDA. Still a fighter arguably has overachieved and is just maybe still overachieving just for the simple fact that he's still here, right? Even though his results haven't been great, win or lose, he's still getting rocked in almost all of his fights recently. Um, it is shaky. I get why he's an underdog, but at the same time, uh, you know, I know I know Fila ho is only 28. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ho-feeling left in his life to do. But uh five-by stoppage, you know, training at a hard sparring gym I just think he's just one of those guys that his level is is clear and it's 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 not here um and means can still get this i think this is this is the uh this is the old dog's final run you're gonna give me plus 150 on him at least the number that's the number i got i took a whole unit there uh shouts to uh someone from the prop squad may or may not be on the ko i like that part of me was thinking inside the distance maybe even too but decision is probably the most likely However, do not be shocked if I put Means by KO in my round robin. Um, That's definitely something I may look to. Kind of like with Ige, you know, we've got the uh, money lines for Gamrot, Ige, Means so far. But the round robins could be like a Gamrot sub and then maybe Ige Means by KO in that round robin. Do not be surprised to see either a combination or all three of those selections in my round robin regardless of what I can. Even if I'm not limited, you know, and I can play sexier stuff. Um, that'll probably be in there. So will probably Rodriguez round three, by the way. So that, that in a perfect world, that's probably what my round Robin is. Uh, I may, you know, sub uh, Ramos out if I like, if I both like Ramos, but also don't end up liking him enough or having the um, bankroll uh, as far as what I allow myself to play. You guys know me. Try to limit myself to six, seven unit max per card. Uh, I know that's like some people's single bets and they still have winning years. Good for them. Not me, even though I'm sucking ass. It doesn't mean I still I, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, completely irresponsible and not being consistent to some sort of a system and due diligence. No, I'm gonna 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 stick with those. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna stick with what got me to the race um, and what's served me well in prior years. Even though um, it's not tracked at Action Network, who I've only been working with roughly since I've been tracking. So. Um, Forgive me there, folks. And again, of course, the first year I do that. Third-party tracking, even though I've been tracking officially through different scales, through Junkie, through my own multiple mediums here, mxmartialanimalist.com. It's all about the third-party tracking. And of course, first year I do that, I'm fucking eating shit from all angles, right? It's okay, folks. Uh, we still got enough playtime on the board left. I think we can come back. And I got a, I got a really good feeling about this weekend, folks. All right, let's push it down. Uh, Jacob Malkoon... <laughs> Yeah, minus 535, Cody Brundage, plus 400. I think I took a, uh, a flyer on Brundage um, for like a round one, like two fights ago, and I learned my lesson on that. And then I think his last fight just showed why. I'm definitely not going to eh, be picking Cody Brundage for anything again. Uh, Malcoon, underrated guy. You wouldn't know he's underrated by this price tag. Uh, definitely a parlay piece if I were to care to parlay anything on this card, but I don't. I will pick Malcoon um, maybe by decision. What's this fight? Is it favored to go long? What's it? What we got here. Um, fight goes to the decision plus. Oh, maybe not favored to go to the decision, huh? The Malcoon decision, though. I, I know Brundage is a do-or-die fighter, and that's why it's priced like that. But what is Malcoon by 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 points? And Malcoon inside plus 110. So they're expecting him by decision plus 120. They don't give a shit. They're just pricing you out. Yeah, I don't care to play that play that fight anyway. So. Thank you for that confirmation. Muhammad Usman, minus 135, Jake Collier, uh, plus 114. Money coming in on Collier, which doesn't surprise me, but uh, I don't know. It's like Collier should have, between being the former middleweight, the more experienced guy, the more output guy, perhaps the more diverse guy, you expect him to be better as the fight goes, but you could argue that Muhammad Usman could arguably have the edge as this fight goes, which is crazy to say is awkward as weird as frantic as he can seemingly move and move and fight at, at so i have no clue maybe i'll pick Mo Usman by knockout but i ain't touching this fight um definitely have no clue about these last two so uh, tamaris vidal -225 uh Montserrat rendon ruiz i'm guessing +185 uh yeah i don't know i guess i will pick the favorite uh, Mizuki, in a way, minus three ten. Hannah, go. Everything's gold, plus two fifty. Uh, I know. Again, WMMa should pick the underdogs and Toutmaster, but I probably won't officially or in Toutmaster. You know me. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a Mizuki fan. Uh, give me Mizuki uh, there. The sh- I would definitely parlay her if uh, this was a, a parlay card, but I ain't looking to do that again. Exposure, exposure. And there's too much uh, plus Mune uh, that I Mune Mune. Uh, that I like, so, um, yeah, let's go there, sorry, I'm going to fill this, 33, and what the fuck was that, 900, Uh yeah, we'll see where I end up there, alright, uh, how do we do on time, folks, 141, we still went fucking long, Jesus, I had I, I long breakdowns on some of those fights, sorry, I, I got passionate, alright, um going to clean up the chat, 141, 141 chat, All right. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Ghost Phantom, do you think that Gameron had a hard time controlling people on the ground because he doesn't grab wrists or use leg shelves? Uh, that definitely doesn't help, but it's weird. It's one of those things where it's like he obviously fights like one of those cartoon dust bubbles, but at the same time, you know, he's either putting guys away. Like, again, no one should be surprised. Like, Jeremy Stevens had better counter... Uh, grappling and counter wrestling that many people gave him credit for and as soon as gamrock got past those layers that very few people did because a stevens like i just said underrated not given enough credit not saying he was lights out there but i'm saying he wasn't given enough credit in those areas supplemented with the optics of the matchmaking right um similar to vaziv an action fighting striker guy They, they tend to kind of give those guys those they, they, they really, they, you know, we, we, we talked about that. I think with Faneo, I've talked about that with Ryan Wagner for particularly. Um, the striking bias is matchmaking. You, you, a lot of guys can fall into those favorable matchups where they don't really get tested by that dedicated grappler. And um, that could be the case with Viziev because you do see in Germont's defense, uh, part of that reason is because either guys are really good like Sarukian, who no one should have been surprised by that. Again, I've been telling you guys about Sarukian since before he fought uh, Mahachev. Um... Or he's blowing guys instantly out of the water when he gets in there. He doesn't need to get him there because he knocks him out like Holtzman or submits them like uh, Stevens, right? So it's one of those weird things. Um, he said as he's promised improvements. He's a guy that's, you know, you got to remember that he takes fights really fast. Was not doing himself any favors with the short notice fights. Part of the reason why I picked Mr. Turner to beat him in the last time out. He's actually a decent amount of time off. We'll see. You know, he is later into his career. Still in his prime. Arguably, but later in his career, uh, later prime, perhaps Gamrot is so. Uh, if, if now is the time, the door is still open, but now is the time. We'll see if he makes any of those adjustments. But I wouldn't necessarily condemn him for it. Not that you are ghosts, but I, I, I was hearing some analysis and seeing some analysis that maybe even. And I'm a guy who's not even a fan or a defender of Gamrot's style, by the way. But even me was going like, say what you will, the, the guy. We don't call him a change. You can't say he's a good positional... uh, You can't say he's a good chain wrestler and be like, why is he not as good as, you know, positional grappling? And I go, you you can say that because you can use chain wrestling to get around a secure position and go step by step, obviously. Uh, But what I'm talking about is the guy is naturally a good scrambler and chain wrestler because he's an active grappler. That's just kind of how he is. And though you could definitely argue, why not control? Why not waste energy if you don't need to? He is one of the few fighters that has an... A, has an endless gas tank, and, and B... Back up to matchup dependency, Well, how I pick my matchups and why I'm backing even a guy like Gamera who I don't like in this spot with not just my pick but my money is because I actually think I, I even if he did make those improvements, I would be like, I don't care. Keep fucking, keep making him work. Keep scrambling with As long as you're on him and you're not allowing him up to his feet without a mat return or allowing him to get any separation form. Um, I don't care if you hold position. Make him work. You're gonna tire him. That's what you want to do against a guy like FaZeev. So, you know, balance. You need a balance of both. But but again, I don't think one's necessarily too bad for the other. Synchro Wing does Gamrop dip his head to the left or maybe uh switch kick KO. Um, yeah, it's, the funny thing is I, I think he dips his head to the right. Uh, I note that if you go back to my r- breakdown, I wrote on Sarukian, and Sarukian, like Fiziev, like many Eastern European to Russian kickboxers, they have a very fluent, like Rashid Magomedov, very fluent off the lead side. So not just the body work, which I did call, not just harping and crying about it because I'm a bodywork guy or I'm on the wrong end of the decision guy, which I am actually both those guys, sadly. Um, no, but I actually called for that body work that everybody talks about. I, again, I called it in my breakdown prior to the fight. Again, picking the play was wrong, but the analysis for whatever that's worth, it was right. But I also said not just the body work, but the switch kick, which could lead to a head kick KO, which what you're talking about, Synchro Wing, to make you feel less crazy there for your analysis, by the way, shouts. Um, You know, so that is obviously a positive for Faziv here. But again, um, just like Sarukian, Faziv has been on the wrong end of some bad decisions because, again even though they're not as much of a pronounced counter-fighter's physique, much less Sarukian, right? But what do they do? They work the body. And what do judges traditionally, to pundits, to pros, to casuals, to broadcasters alike, give the least credit for? Countering and body work. So again... Maybe I get burned for, for going against myself. Or, you know, again, you can accuse me of, oh, complaining or sticking to the same thing. No, I'm being positive, folks. I'm being positive. I'm trying to John Kavanaugh here in Win or Learn. I'm going against my stylistic things as much as I am leaning into them. I'm going against certain biases as much as I am picking with them. I'm doing both and showing my reasons for both. Does it mean I'm going to be right? No. But... We're going to do our best. Rio Susan Truesdale, Jack Slag actually mentioned this on the Patreon. Gamrot changes his doubles when he's being sprawled on and has a sucker drag. Yep, have you seen that? And do you realize, yep, I've seen it. And again, like I cited, uh, RDA is a poor man's version of this in their fight and is able to get physique uh, with, with it. And that's not even RDA's thing. Um, and that when I saw that, I'll be honest, I usually wait until I watch the tape. But I kept that fight playing and I went over and I placed my Gamrot bets at that point. Um, that's how much I I liked that look. Um ba bum. Was that number one quote from the cable guy? No, it was from uh the original Batman. It was uh Jack Nicholson. Bob Yo my number one guy. Sorry. Uh sorry, I like that one. Shout out to my guy Danny Mahoney. I know he likes that synchro wing. Would you ever have a drink with Dan Ege? Uh, Sure, of course I would. Why not? Dan Dan seems like a good guy. Um, How good is Egay's jab? I don't know if you saw, but I posted something that showed that Mitchell is susceptible to jabs because he gets stuck on the front foot. Uh, I'm going to go check that out, and I'm going to share that, Ghost Phantom. I'm not going to pretend to pontificate on your analysis, which is fantastic. I would rather share it out and shout you here. Thank you for sharing that on this show. Synchro Wing. I bought Nixit Cage Control for MMA. Good. That's a solid buy. Uh... A cage control for MMA instructional. It's very good, and Dan Ige is there too. Absolutely, man. Two peas in a pod, those two. I saw someone say this online: Waterson is a better kicker than Zhang. Agree now. Um, she's a more fancier kicker, um, or is that just a racist troll? I don't know. Considering they're both uh, Asian, but yeah, I I don't I, I I don't agree with that opinion. Val Valduer informed everyone that Dana said Waterson versus Rodriguez was the now you know. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry if I'm reading some of these twice, folks. Fila Ho, baby. You guys know Fila Ho. Captain Fila Ho, baby. He's not Captain Savaho. It's Captain Fila Ho. Hopefully, uh, the captain goes down with the ship. Uh, for our bet's sake, no offense. Not wishing him ill will. What's up with Fila Ho style, though? He just stands there after moving forward, like, a, like in the Jake Mickey's Australian accent. Yep, that's right. He does, kind of, doesn't he? Um, someone said this in the forum. Do we consider, in a way, a bad fighter since she lost to Lamos, who only landed 21 strikes in the title fight? No, uh, maybe more of a stylistic uh, thing there. All right, that 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 goes for the chat cleanup. 149. Let's go uh, picks cleanup recap. All right, we're gonna recap picks and plays. Uh, no, 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 doing the Amazon reads this time. But thank you guys, mixedmarshallanalyst.com. Of course, click through banners for on or Amazon. You just click through the banner through no extra purchase of your own. Just do your purchasing like you would normally do, and a small percentage of your purchase for no. Extra costs will get kicked back to this here program. And it helps. Or if you just want to support this here free program for over half a decade now. Not that I deserve it, but if you want to, there's a secure PayPal link at mixmarshallanalyst.com. Again, my website, the website that hosts this here program, the Protecting Act Podcast. You can also find me at Dan Tom and May, where you can find uh, on X, on uh, Instagram, and in my link tree, uh, amongst many useful links for my YouTube, where you can subscribe. Like this show, please. Thank you. I need the likes. Hit the like button. Smash it. I don't deserve it, but I appreciate it. Thank you. You can hit the subscribe button to join in on the shows and chats. And, of course, there is a secure PayPal, the same secure PayPal donation link in the at Dan Tom and may address bio link tree there. If you want to donate to this here program, of course, use code PROTECT15. If you want to get yourself some of my guy D loves turmeric tonic, that's at thetumerictonic.com. Don't forget the little silent R and turmeric, T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C thetomarictonic.com shout out to my guy D-Love shout out to all you guys and let's recap the picks and plays for Bellator the only pick and the only play I'm giving out is taking Eblin uh, by uh, round 5 submission played him round 4 plus 1300 and round 5 plus 1600 you u apiece that's just over that's what That's point uh, uh, three four units uh, if, if that misses I won't even notice it Especially with my mountain of a losing record, I won't notice. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Uh, UFC Vegas 79. Why are they listening on ESPN? Uh, taking Gamrod over Fazev. Really? Taking Ige over uh, Mitchell. Look at look at look, look at my shit. Look at these shorts. I got, I got shorts every fucking color. I got designer T-shirts. Sorry, Bryce Mitchell reminds me of uh, James Franco from Spring Breakers. Taking R- Rodriguez over Momche. yeah, yeah, Watterson Gomez. Uh, I don't know who I'm taking in battle versus Fletcher. We'll see uh, versus uh, battle versus uh, the reincarnation of Sean Shirk. Um, probably leaning toward Ramos, but see, again, for these fights, the Fletcher in battle and Ramos-Jordain. Check me at Dan May my quick fix and prognostication. Share that out. Give that some love, baby, on fight day. Always post at MMAJunkie.com, and I post it, of course, again, at DanTomMMA, where I post all these picks and plays, going out of the prelims, taking Argetta over Johns, taking the Dirty Bird, Tim Means, over Filaho, baby, Captain Filaho, uh, taking Malcoon baby, over uh, Brundage, uh, probably take Usman over Collier, uh, probably take Vidal over uh, at Ruiz, uh, and we'll be taking uh, in a way over Goldie. Although I'll be staying away from those last three or four fights, most for- certainly. Uh, picks wise, I'm on Ige as a dog plus 175 one unit. Gamrot as a dog plus 135 one unit. Means as a dog plus 150 one unit. May also add a fourth dog in Ramos if I like it. If I don't, you might be surprised to see, not be surprised to see Ramos in the round robin. And if Ramos doesn't make it in either, that round robin is probably looking like a Rodriguez round three. Hopefully, um, Ega K O, Gamrot submission, and um, Tim means K O uh, will probably be those bonuses there. Of course, I've got some round sprinkles on standalone. Rodriguez round two plus 900, uh, and plus round three plus 1100. Both point Scotty Pippins point three three U sprinkles, just under a half unit each. And of course, the .17 use in the main events, baby. Did it in Bellator. We did it in UFC. Gamrot round three plus two thousand. Gamrot round four plus two hundred. Gamrot round five plus thirty-three hundred. .17 unit sprinkles on each. Roughly a unit point, a one point five unit exposure to Gamrot. Not too bad. Hopefully, we don't need him to win hopefully the other things come through that would be nice for a change right but i think we're due for that change and we're not just due i got a good feeling got a good feeling in you maybe you got a good feeling in me we'll just get through this weekend successfully let's fucking do it baby uh thank you guys dirty bird feel a hoe nice fire show emojis are being removed for some reason okay i don't know why but you can replace that with likes and positive comments even if you're already in the chat ask, uh, ask some show ask some show as always baby it is an awesome show and i'm here baby I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, uh, my badass I mean, isn't that great. Uh, the show <laughs> was great, though. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Rios, and guy. Thanks everybody, Ghost fan of James Kendrick. Uh, everybody in the house, you guys, you guys know, uh, you guys know, I, I got, I got, I got love for you guys. The, the admins or or, or 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 the nons. Jimmy Kudo, my guy over there, the newcomers in the house. Appreciate you guys. Uh, good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect.